Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Happy New Year from the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis, where it's 7 o'clock in the morning. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Matthew Rocchio. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us as we start this holiday weekend. Good morning, Brooke. How you doing? Good morning. I'm doing all right. Woke up with a very stuffy nose this morning. So it happens. It, it's a weather change, Randy. We went from, oh, what was it, 60 degrees uh-huh. Christmas weekend, mm-hmm. now New Year's Eve weekend, this. It's snowing. snowing. I, I enjoy mm-hmm. the cold weather, but it's whenever we have those big shifts like that in weather, mm-hmm. that's when I get some sort of respiratory illness. It always happens. I do not enjoy the cold weather. If I had the choice right now, I'd rather be in the Valley of the Sun where it's warm. Oh, yeah. Not, not that I don't like being with you and Matthew. I'd just rather be in the warm weather than the cold weather. We should petition for that. I think that's a good idea. Just to have a show from there. Some of us already have. I mean, I think I think if we just put Randy out there permanently, he'd join the show. He, he'd, 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 he'd tap in there, wake up at 5 a.m. or we gotta, 6, depending on if it's daylight saving yeah, time or not. You guys are you guys got a good plan for me. I like this. Okay, <laughs> We'll check in with you, good. and we'll have you on YouTube, and you'll just be relaxing. Yeah. Think about it. You could set, You could set. I guess there, depending again, depending on what time of the year it is, you could set 9.15 tea times. I in, your, in your time. Oh, you just go six wow. to nine. You could have okay. a 9.15 no, tea time. No, no, you're giving you're him thinking. too many ideas you are, now. You are thinking, <laughs> I'm trying, sir. I'm trying to keep him active for like 10, 15 years in this oh, business. I'm thinking long term here. There okay. you go. Uh, so we've talked about how the most difficult trophy in sports to win is the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And over the years, people have said, oh, yeah, there's no better trophy than the Stanley Cup. I think that that has been eclipsed, Brooke. I think right now. That the edible pop tart is the most important thing to win in sports, <laughs> guys. I was all over this Me last too. night. It I kept awesome. sending it to you over and over again. <laughs> the pop tarts bowl—that was incredible. First of all, whoever was the mascot for the pop tart was fantastic. He was—he was all over it. The dancing, mm. the energy that he provided. Mm. Oh, and by the way, Matthew, did you notice that he came out of a toaster? Why do you think that that is? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um... I personally like to uh, leave as small a carbon footprint upon the universe as oh, I can. No, unlike you just other don't people. want to toast your pop tarts. Yes, because I'm environmentally conscious, unlike others. That's not what it is. And he was, <laughs> he it, it was strawberry, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, strawberry. Strawberry pop tarts in the toaster are delicious. Now, I feel sorry for the fact that the pop tart mascot actually did get toasted and then ultimately devoured. Randy, he went out doing what he loved. This is true. He went out doing what he loved. 
Strawberry Pop-Tart, you really just stole the nation's heart with your celebration, the way that you just popped out of the toaster and the energy that you provided. I forgot that there was even a game going on because I was so distracted by your amazing dancing and energy that you provided on the field. Then you went and sacrificed your body for one of the best celebrations we have ever seen in bowl history. Thank you, Strawberry Pop-Tart. You gave us joy. You did. And the way that they just ate it afterwards. It tremendous. I want to know if it was good. I, I Hopefully some players will be able to weigh in on that mm-hmm. on social media today. It looked like an actual Pop-Tart. It did. It was fantastic. Kansas State, by the way, beat NC State. Not that it matters. Uh, <laughs> in the actual game, uh, the, the Pop-Tarts Bowl, uh, Kansas State wins it by a score of 28-19. to 19. Uh, where was where is it was played somewhere warm? Was it Orlando? Mm. Was it Florida? It was. Uh, it, it looked delicious. So that's really all that matters. The, the game, the sight, none of that matters. Just the fact that it, it was, was in Orlando. Yes. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mizzou, by the way, I'm wearing my Mizzou hoodie. A Mizzou hoodie. Uh, Mizzou plays tonight in the Cotton Bowl down in Arlington, Texas, down in Jarrow World, and Mizzou fans evidently. Oh, what do we have? I, I also provided oh, some Mizzou help. colors. Thank you today. very much. Yeah, it says, oh, it says, give them hell. I, I like that. And, and then it's Mizzou got, colors. And, and there's got, a tiger. And a tiger. So you've got the smart logo. There you go. Oh, Randy. What? No. What? Uh, it, Matthew at times acts like an 85-year-old man. <laughs> and uh, the, his, his infatuation with the Block M just exemplifies. Randy, I'm going to be honest. I like the Block miss. M, too. Oh, well, everybody wants to be Michigan. Why does everybody in Missouri want to be Michigan? But don't you see the mind game at play here? Because how many times has Eli Drinkwitz made fun of Michigan this season uh-huh. and all the scandals surrounding it? And then you're going to go and use the Block M. One, classic, good look. But then also, two, playing a little mind game with OSU. Oh, that might be. Okay. Uh, okay, that's a good play. So he should wear the exact same cap that Jim Harbaugh wears on the sideline because the M is identical. I sent you guys pictures of the caps yesterday, and the M's are identical. So Mizzou could literally grab a Jim Harbaugh black cap rather than navy. And the, the our friends in Michigan, uh, uh, the the team up north, uh, if, if you're a Michigan man, you get it. They uh, they do have a black cap with a, a block M, just like Mizzou's. Mm. So they just so. get they just get the letter M, basically. Well, and, and their official school logo. <laughs> I'm not is I'm not relinquishing really the M. M. I'm not relinquishing really just the whole entire letter, just like that. Come on now, it's old Lincoln. school. Listen, I love I love the circle tiger. In fact, mm-hmm. so my five fa- year old men. My favorite uh, <laughs> my favorite tiger logo right now is actually the sailor tiger on the white helmet. I uh, do like I the that, sailor I love tiger. That logo. So yes, darn, I put original, that on social media. Yeah, um, yeah. original like, Truman, or like yeah, or like the small or any any like full sized version of Truman where he's like standing up and he's got like his legs like kind of across at the bottom and he's doing some weird like 1920s kind of thing. I'm down with any of those logos. Those all are, are great. I like the Block M, especially in the jersey I sent you guys in our group text, which is when it was the Block M that finished out Missouri on uh-huh. the basketball jersey, that's a great looking jersey. And I think what Mizzou has done to try to appeal to teenagers, which clearly they don't need to do anymore, uh, with what they're wearing tonight, but well, at least they're wearing a jersey that says Mizzou on it. Well, and the colors help too, Randy. Yeah. I mean, the colors well, help. Well, they're wearing a the old difference. gold block M. The ridiculous. Nobody has any association with the old gold block M at Mizzou anymore. But things come back in style. So teenagers now they kind of like some of those quote unquote vintage things. Uh-huh. I've even seen that in my generation, Rock. You know this. Remember Ed Hardy, 
those shirts, oh, God. those are finding a way to come back really? in style. No. So things do come back in style, and that's that's what's happening here, Randy. Okay. Well, that's, if the Block M is coming back into style, then I hope Michigan will turn to something cool. We're not talking about the big thing, which is Mizzou paid Nike millions of dollars to synchronize the school into one shade of gold after uh-huh. having 30 different ones, yep. and they picked the wrong shade of gold. They picked yellow. No, yellow is a totally the correct Shape. Is it okay? Do you, do you want to wear an old? Do you want to have Mizzou wearing an old gold jersey? Not old gold, but I just think there's something more. I I want something a little bit less, just like bumblebee yellow, and a little bit more oh, towards the gold best. palette. Because now, now when they wear, <laughs> now whenever so they upset. wear their gold and black jerseys, as they call them, they look like bumblebees. They're bumblebee jerseys. They're not like gold and black tiger it's jerseys. Awesome. Oh, it's man. not like Bumblebee, like the throwback Steelers jerseys with the stripes. Mm. No, they, they're awesome. Not that bad. Are you but, worried uh, about getting mixed up with Vanderbilt, Randy? Is that what it is with like more of the black and gold? Uh, I, hopefully, Mizzou will never be confused with Vanderbilt. <laughs> At least from an athletic standpoint. <laughs> yeah, I think the two are very vastly yeah. different. Uh, we had Thursday Night Football last night in the NFL. The Browns clinch a playoff spot with a 37-20 win over the hapless Jets. Joe Flacco rocks. I think the thing that NFL teams need to do is just go scout 39-year-old quarterbacks now. Oh, so just kind of take the Cardinals approach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Go, you know, the very yeah. seasoned. Seasoned and seasoned sage. Seasoned yes. approach. Yeah. I, that is one of the craziest stories. And the fact, too, that you do have to give credit to the Browns. The amount of injuries that they have had this season mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball, and they've been able to find a way to work through it, they deserve a lot of credit for that. And ostensibly, their best offensive players in Watson and Nick Chubb, right? You lose mm-hmm. those guys. Batonio is still playing really well. Their offensive line overall is playing really well. But congratulations to the fans of the Cleveland Browns and fans of the Detroit Lions. Two for many, many years moribund franchises who are going to be playoff teams this year. Which franchise do you think has been through the most? Oh, man. I would the say most it's, tormented defini- fan base. it's definitely Detroit because Detroit, this is a really a difficult one, but mm-hmm. at least Cleveland has won playoff games. But man, you talk about torment, the drive and the fumble against the Broncos. They've yes. been in the playoffs. They've won games, but they have been on the doorstep of the Super Bowl in Cleveland and they lost their franchise mm-hmm. for three years. But Lions fans... Man, this is tough. Lions fans have only had one playoff win since 1957. But they've been in the playoffs. Maybe I would go with the Factory of Sadness. It's got to be the Factory of Sadness because I think just like there's a lot of watchable Lions football that wasn't necessarily successful. Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, like you said, moribund was the word I used yesterday for the Browns and you used there again. I mean, it's that is the best word for the Browns. And when they were good, they ripped their fans' freaking hearts out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a tough question, right? It really is. It's it's a coin flip because, man, there's no worse heartbreak than losing your team. Mm -hmm. And especially the way they lost it. During the season, they they announced, yeah, we're moving to Baltimore. And obviously that fan base, which is as intense and as raucous as any fan base, they were devastated. I think I would have to go with the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland had a chance to cheer for Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson and... Uh, some of the, those guys. I think I would go with the, the Factory of Sadness as the the one that has been the most tormented. I I hope for God's sake that both of them don't land in the Super Bowl together because somebody would have to lose. Somebody actually <laughs> just texted that in. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine? Oh man, it'd be awful. So <laughs> it'd be awful. So I, and I don't think Detroit really needs to worry about it.
Well, if Joe Flacco is going to make it to another Super Bowl, some safety has to horribly misread a ball. So the question is, who will that be? Hmm. Good question. Hmm. Very good question. Other news from last night. The Pistons had a 21-point lead against the Celtics on the road. Pistons, if you aren't aware of it, had lost 27 in a row. They blew the 21-point lead and lost to the Celtics in overtime. After starting the season 2-1, the Pistons have now lost an NBA record tying 28 in a row. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine? No. That can't be very fun. I wonder how many people are going to those games right now. And one other college football note, as Alabama gets ready to play in the national semifinal, several players said that they aren't allowed to take their iPads home because someone at Alabama (laughs) is worried about Michigan stealing their signals and their material. Oh, that someone is Nick Saban seems to be pretty worried about that with Mm -hmm. Michigan. I don't know why you'd be worried about Michigan doing anything like that. They haven't shown that. And maybe Connor Stallions is the reason that Mizzou is going with the block M. What is he doing now? Because that would kind of concern me a little bit more that we don't know where Connor Stallions is. So is he working on, one, of course, his vacuum business where he refurbishes them? Remember, that Uh was his business. Keeps them on the the porch, on the front porch. Now he has a lot of extra free time. I would, if I was Nick Saban, I would be concerned about how much free time Connor Stallions has. Maybe Eli wasn't joking. I don't think he was. (laughs) Maybe Eli did have a call coming in from Connor Stallions. Yeah. (laughs) Look, I I somewhat get it. I think you need to be very cautious in that situation. But here's the thing. Whether or not it's true that Michigan is going to that length to cheat in this situation... It's kind of funny because then Nick Saban is also kind of putting a shot out there either way of yeah. like, I don't trust you guys this much. Yeah. Good for him. I like this. <laughs> no, you don't mean that yeah. for Nick Saban. <laughs> uh, and finally, the Blues play the Avalanche tonight. That's last but not least, of course. We have the pregame for you at 6 here on 101 ESPN. The action at 7 with Chris Kerber. And uh, hopefully the Blues will be able to win their fourth in a row. LGB. There you go. And Thomas. Yes. Uh, and Torpchenko. And Torpchenko. Yep. Bobby Tommy. Do we have Bobby Tommy? No, we don't have Bobby. Yep. We don't have Bobby Tommy today? Oh, no, yeah, we do. We okay, do have yeah. Bobby Tommy We've today. We've got Jay Delsing at the bottom of this hour. We've got Joey V at 8.15. We've got Bobby Tommy at 8.45. And then 9.30, we're going to talk to Howard Richards about the Cotton Bowl. And, of course, he played his pro ball for the Hated Cowboys. Mm. I always like to give him trouble about that. <laughs> You always find a way. I try. Uh, Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we have a tradition unlike any other. New Year's tradition, or not, next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Many things I enjoy about working with Brooke Grimsley is that Brooke consumes information. She just has an array of info in that head. And <laughs> it's some an of interesting it is, way to describe yeah, that. Yeah. yeah but so, some of it is meaningful and some of it is kind of silly. But this is very meaningful, this particular segment. This might be kind of silly, Randy. Oh, this, okay. this might be the silly information okay. that maybe should be funneled out of my brain. But I love knowing... New Year's traditions that Mm -hmm. people have. And some, I understand that you might have some that you have in your family, but then there's also some cultural ones that people do around the world. So I thought, why don't we not try to figure out if Randy Carricker knows, and Matthew Rocchio, Mm -hmm. you participate as well. He's He's a curmudgeon, but he'll play. 
Oh, yeah, we got to get into that part yeah. a little bit later on this segment. Me? Is this a real New Year's tradition or is this a fake one? Okay. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Okay. We're going to start out with this one. Eating 12 grapes at the start of the year to represent the 12 months for good luck. No way. That's a real one. Uh, I don't know what culture it's from, but I've 100% heard that before. You don't think it's real, Randy? I've heard. I, is that 12 grapes? Yes. No, how can you stop at 12 grapes? Well, because it's it's for the 12 months. Is it an Italian thing? Um, it's, well, so are you saying it's real or fake? I'm saying it's real. I'm saying that that is fake. I've heard that before. It is real. Bang, let's go. Uh, so congratulations to, uh, to Matthew. That's pretty good. Okay. It is real. And it's a tradition. Me? I've actually done it before. You have? Yes. Should uh-huh. I do it? Do we do it on New Year's Eve or New so Year's Day? So as soon as you have the new day mm-hmm. that hits, right at midnight, you're already celebrating with your family. Mm-hmm. You go ahead. Oh, and within that minute, oh, some people get very technical about it. Within that minute, you're supposed to eat the 12 grapes. It's, okay. um, oh God, I, I, I haven't, I, I have like, it's, there's a TV show that's, that made a that did like a whole thing about this. Like there's a whole episode where somebody's like, I need my grapes. As it's, it's like big. New Year's, and I cannot. I, had no I don't know. We did it in my family, years. and I'm not sure why. Okay, but you it's know, a tradition. We do, we do uh, ice cream Sundays uh, for New Year's Eve. I wonder if I could just do twelve maraschino cherries. No, no? Spanish. <laughs> it's Spanish. That's oh, okay. I could not. Yes. I knew. I knew. What, I knew. I. I knew it was some sort of specific culture where it like originated. Okay, good. Okay, next one. Eating collard greens and black-eyed peas to signify prosperity and well-being for the new year. Real or fake? Fake. The black eyed pea thing sounds like something I've heard before. I'm going to go with real. Rock is right. It's real. No way. Okay, collard greens. It is. And black it's something pea. that is actually very traditional in the South. Yep. And that's something that we also did. My parents would always okay. do that and would have cornbread. It's delicious. Okay, now I got to go real on the next one. <laughs> Circling around your significant other seven times for good luck in your relationship in the new year. Real or fake? Real. Yeah, I'm going fake on that one. Oh, Rock is right again. That is actually a true a Jewish marriage tradition. Okay, good. I I got one. No, no. I, I just got it a doesn't text. Work. Gloria on Modern Family had a whole thing where she oh, was looking for her grapes yes, for New Year's. Yes. Yes. I was thinking like okay. so there was a woman yelling, but my grapes. And I'm like, that's what it's from. Throwing salt over your shoulder to ward off bad things for the New Year. Real or fake? I'm as gonna, a New Year's tradition. I'm going to say as a New Year's tradition, fake. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying you're conflating that one. I'm going to go with fake. You guys are correct. Yes. That's just a normal superstition that I've actually done a million different times. I don't know why. It's, it's just things that get passed down. Okay. Do you do it with a shaker or do you do it with like the big old Have you ever, cylinder? when you accidentally knock over salt, mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, well, you well I got to yeah. throw it over my shoulder. Yeah. You got to make sure to check that there's no retired NHL enforcers behind you. Oh, oh yeah, good point. You got you to gotta watch out for that. Walking around the block carrying empty suitcases for hopefully <laughs> a year filled with travel. Hey. Fake. No is way that somebody, real or fake? God, nobody would ever do that. The the act sounds so fake, but the explanation, oh, the, empty you, suitcases. You know what? I'm gonna empty. say. I'm, I'm just gonna give you credit if you did get me on this one because this is a well written one. I'm gonna go with true. Rock is right again. What? Who this does is that? actually a Colombian tradition. <laughs> so right at midnight, the families will take their empty suitcases and walk around the block. So they. For a year filled of good travel. Okay, so they're, they're doing that tonight and then going to Dallas. Oh, there you go. Can, <laughs> that well, doesn't work out very well. No, it doesn't. You'll kind of miss some things. Okay, but if yeah. you want to go have some fun at Dallas, you can. Yeah. So, But in Columbia, there's, you know, they, they've got traditions all over in Columbia. Yeah. Okay, eating lobster for wealth 
as a New Year's meal? Is that real or fake? Oh, that's fake. Yeah. Lobster used to be a trash food. I'm going to go fake. You guys are both correct. It's actually believed in certain cultures that you shouldn't eat lobster as your New Year's meal because they move backward and you should always be moving forward. Oh, interesting. How about that that little fact? Okay. I love me a lobster. It's I I I am a, a lobster fan. So. I, I'm gonna be honest. I prefer crab really? more. I mean, I'll I'll have lobster, of mm-hmm. course. I think it's yummy. But if I had to choose between the two, I'm a crab girl. Okay. I think it's yummy, especially with the butter. Mm. Crab is good. Right. Crab cakes are really good. Okay, last one, guys. Okay, I, I think I'm over here. Oh no, I got you the got, last one you right. Got, yes, wearing red, yellow, or orange underwear on the New Year for good luck. Leave. No, that's a that, that's fake. We'll go fake. You guys are both wrong. That is a real tradition. Apparently, wearing certain type of underwear colors, red could signify love and romance. Yellow, the color signifies money and wealth. Orange could bring you professional success. Hmm. And you could wear all of the colors. This is an actual tradition. All so, of the colors at once? Yes. You can do all the colors at Orange, once. Orange, yellow, and red? Yes. And okay. there's also other ones out there as well. But... After hearing all this, is there any traditions that you guys will be doing tonight? I'll I do mean, the, not tonight, this weekend. I'll do the grapes. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll switch You won't do up. the underwear? I, I would have to go out and get the underwear. <laughs> I might do the underwear. But also, we got, we got Yellow text and here. Uh, orange, I, I just don't have. No? This is a good question. Can you consider a huge glass of wine as your 12 grapes? No, it has to oh. be the 12 individual grapes. Yeah. Does, it, does it say if they have to be green or red? I, I've always done green. I don't I know if there's green a certain, because green, oh, everything, the colors are supposed to, you know, signify different things. So money. Uh, oh, Randy has his green grapes ready to go I'm, I'm this weekend. Uh, now I don't know. I don't know. They can be a little bit too tart for so my taste. So the traditions that I've done growing up out of these is the 12 grapes. Mm-hmm. And I know that some people even eat them underneath the table as a part of the good luck. Like you go under the table and eat And them? then eat the 12 grapes. I've heard that that was a Rick Pitino tradition. Randy, oh no! Stop it! No, Randy, no! And then also eating the collard greens and black-eyed peas with cornbread is another tradition. That's a southern tradition that I've done. But before. that's not under the table. No. If you no. try to do food under the table at my house, you don't get any of the food. Not with three dogs running around. Oh, that's true. That is very true. So everybody should send in what traditions they have to try out and also what your New Year's resolution is. Hmm. I haven't come up with a New Year's resolution. Can I wait a minute? Yeah, I'll come up with one in a minute. Don't you don't need to come up with a New Year's resolution, Randy. Just you don't like he doesn't like resolutions. He does not. Who actually sticks to them? A lot of and people usually, do. And usually a resolution usually a resolution's like a diet where every, every billionaire. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Usually yeah. Make I'm, more money. I'm gonna next pay year. my employees better this year. <laughs> nah. Um just no one sticks with it. And if you wanna have a goal, just why are you waiting to the new year? That's my, my biggest problem is that people like wait. They're like, Well, I'm not gonna start until January first. Mm-hmm. Why would I start on November twenty third? Because every day's the same. I don't know, like like every they're like Sooner is better than later. But it's a whole later. new year. You're turning yeah. the page to a new chapter. Has it, ever it just though? Like, Has anyone things. ever really like turned, like opened up a new chapter of their life at the new year, or does it happen randomly on a day? Yes, in March? I do it all the time. Me too. I do it every single year. I, I yeah. like to set goals for myself and to continue to grow. It also gives you hope for the new year. So, <laughs> look at him laughing hope at this for the new year. Oh You've my god! You've been this for thirty years, and you still you're still like. Churning that out every year? Of course. Okay. So I will give you my New Year's resolution. One, I have two right now. Good, I like that. 
So one will be to continue to grow here with the radio show and continue to work on being a good broadcaster. It was a huge shift. And that was one of my New Year's resolutions is to start a new career path. And that's something that I was able to accomplish this past year. And I just want to continue to grow and learn. And it's going to be so much fun learning from you and Dan even more. Um, My second one, and this has been a huge goal and dream of mine, which I know will take a long time, so at least just getting started on it, is I've wanted to start at least a charity for young women who are looking to understand the professional world, having some women who are women-owned businesses, different things like that, that can kind of come and speak to young women in that high school age about what they need to do in getting ready for college, looking at internships, maybe even providing some clothes, because that's one of the biggest things. Randy, you know, once you graduate college and rock as well, Mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, wait, I got to go spend a lot of money on a new business attire. And that's something that it's hard for a lot of people to do and they don't know where to start. So that's one of my goals is to start with a charity with that and at least get the foundation going with it. I think that's fantastic. I love that idea. And if if I can help you with that foundation, I would be more than happy to do so. I think that's wonderful. Thank it's, you. It's good. Uh, I am going to go the other direction. I know that you want to grow professionally. I actually want to take more time off and travel more uh, and play a little bit. <laughs> so you're going to do the luggage. Uh, yeah, the luggage thing. You know, I, And that has to happen on New Year's Eve, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, I guess I could. there's kind of a, a block to walk around. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's... I, I actually want to do less. And here's one of the things is, and Brooke, I appreciate you having a goal for the entire year because I think that's important. But I also think that you have to take the approach sometimes of Peter Lafleur, who had life figured out. I found that if you have a goal, that you might not reach it. But if you don't have one, then you are never disappointed. And I got to tell you, it feels phenomenal. Randy, no goals whatsoever. You can only be disappointed. (laughs) So you don't disappoint yourself. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. That's how the movie ended for him. All worked out. Even even small goals. You know, taking more vacations, as you mentioned. Okay. Yeah, going backwards. That's the, my goal. My, Eating my, less fast my, food. That's another goal that a lot of people make no for the more new year. Fast food. That's my goal for no, the No, Randy, not more fast food. <laughs> I want to go to Youngbrook. <laughs> well, I, hey, look, all the time I wish I could go back to Youngbrook where I had fast food all the time. Best metabolism I've ever had. Could not even put on a bunch of extra weight. That was, that was living, Randy. Okay, so uh, for all of us, a fast food that. And fast food has to include drive through Is this fair? Any other restaurants? Like, so, for example, uh, there are subways that have drive through So, Subway is fast food. If it has a drive through somewhere, it's a drive uh, It's a fast food. Now, that doesn't, just a drive through doesn't make it a fast food. Mm-hmm. For example, a Breadco is not fast food, right? It's not. No, I mean, technically, no. No. Okay, so... A fast food that you're going Rock's to put so hard about that. Yeah, a Wings, fast food Wings that doesn't have drive throughs That you will make it a New Year's resolution to eat once in the 364 days, or is, oh, is no. this a leap year? No, I don't it's know. Uh, 2024. Don't you? Doesn't it? I don't, don't know. You whatever. 366? Uh, okay. Let, oh, 366. But uh, a fast food that you will make it a point to indulge in in 2024. Oh, this is easy for me. I would say Sonic. 
Mm, I wow. love Sonic, That's... and I haven't had it in a while, but then I had it not too long ago, and I remembered Brooke. why That's I used to pick. love it so much, because they have a variety. They have everything. Brooke, their their breakfast burrito and their tater tots are off the charts at Sonic. Yes, They're yes. Great. And Chick-fil-A, I feel like I do frequent Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. a lot, so I'm thinking oh. outside of the box yeah. there well, a little counts. bit. That's, that's fast food. Yeah, I know. I go there too much, though. So if I'm thinking of like a new place. You can't go there too much. I it's love impossible. Chick-fil-A. I do, too. You well, can't, I mean, you can't go there too much. I mean, come on. I mean, it's only open six days a week. It was packed on Tuesday because it was closed on both Sunday and Monday. <laughs> People needed, people needed I there. Was there. You know what my favorite thing is? Is whenever I go to that whole, the one in Brentwood, mm-hmm. how many people on Sundays that I see when I go grocery shopping who go over to the Chick-fil-A to be disappointed that yep. it's not open? That's it a, happens all the time. It's brilliant marketing, And isn't I've it? done it before, too. Yeah. So, um, this, is, this is hard, but for me, and you know, I don't take advantage of it enough, but- it is Taco Bell. Ooh. I love Taco Bell. So that's going to be my one indulgement, indulgence in 2024. Matthew, give me a fast food. Oh, God, I have to stop eating less of it. No, no. Give me one that you're absolutely going to have, though, in 2024. Oh, I mean, I'm absolutely going to have McDonald's and Chick-fil-A. Okay, okay, the, good. The, 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 the Coca-Cola is too good. We've got a Chick-fil-A opening a mile down you here. you serious? Wait, yeah. really? Son of a... Yeah, right where the Fridays used to be. Fridays torn down, so Chick-fil-A, uh, right at oh, the corner, no. uh, right before Mason. It's like at Ross. I have it. They, Chick-fil-A has one of my favorite breakfasts, too. Oh, yeah, it's Their great. Their Coca-Cola yeah. is ridiculously good. Their yeah. Coca-Cola. Everything is good. stupid how good it is compared yeah. to... Really? They have good shakes, too. And it's one of the few restaurants, I told you guys this before, having worked there, that I will actually go back to. Because having worked, and everybody knows this, if you worked in the restaurant industry, there's some restaurants that you worked at that you wouldn't go back and eat at, seeing mm-hmm. things behind the scenes. Chick-fil-A is one 100% will always go back yeah. to because of their protocols on how they clean everything. It's top notch. My guy, Dave Bruce, over at the DePere store, best, great guy. Uh, he worked so hard, and he's such a good pure, perfect human being, work so hard to get involved. And I know because you work there, you don't know how difficult it is to get into management positions. Oh, you and you, you yeah. have to work at it. And so the people that are managing Chick-fil-A or owning Chick-fil-A restaurants, they are really authentically good people. You have to be a really good person. I think yeah. that's actually a qualification yeah. <laughs> when it comes yeah. to, and nobody, and it's not like anybody can just own a Chick-fil-A. There's a whole process that mm-hmm. you have to go through. Yeah. Uh, that's Brooke. That's Matthew. I'm Randy. Coming up, we're going to talk some 2023-2024 golf with our buddy Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 
and Randy, and you'll hear Jay Delsing with Danny Mac on Sunday morning, 8 to 10, here on 101 ESPN, talking golf. And Jay joins us every Friday morning, talking sports and golf. And we welcome Jay to the Celebrity Line this morning. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. I've learned so much today. I, I'm, I don't know whether to throw salt in my eye or how many grapes. <laughs> I, it's pre- pretty good stuff, man. Is there a tradition that you like to do on New Year's Eve, Jay? You know, Brooke, at my age, I don't even go out anymore. It's like I can't make it till midnight. I just, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I got rid of my superstitions and everything. I just try to be kinder. <laughs> that's, wrong with that's, 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 a, that's a good goal. That's a New Year's resolution to have. Any of those that appeal to you? Maybe the 12 grapes or luggage? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, no I, I got to tell you, I've traveled so much. I, I, the luggage thing was like, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine doing that? Um, the underwear thing I thought was hysterical. You know, the color under underwear had some sort of significance for something. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was really interesting, the stuff you were throwing I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of any of those. Hey, so people will go to great lengths for a lot of good luck in the new year. Well, as we were reflecting on everything that happened this year, Jay, I wanted to ask you, what was your favorite golf moment from this year? Oh, man. Um, I got a lot of on the dark side. Um I have to say, one of the coolest things was Michael Block mm-hmm. making that hole-in-one with, with Rory McIlroy. And before we go on to that, you guys, my parents used to make my brother and I, my sisters were out of the house by then, eat pickled herring on New Year's Eve on a cracker. And it was, I could still remember the taste. And my brother and I were like, this, this cannot be good. pickled pickled herring out of this little jar and it was like my dad would eat like seven my mom would choke one down my brother and i'd be like this is not not fun (laughs) not good not great so was that like a good luck thing for the new year i think they thought it might be i'm not sure well you know my parents were, were married for 58 years so maybe that brought them good i don't know i don't know it was i do you know it just jarred my memory when you asked me brooke and i'm like Pickled herring. I mean, I don't even know what that is, but it's <laughs> bad memories of it. Yeah, uh, Jay, it looks like we're going to get an extension of the negotiations between the PIF and the PGA Tour. What do you think and what do you know? I don't know anything, which is really frustrating. But, I, I mean, we're, the, the folks that I talk to, are, are, are we're all kind of in this same camp. No one really figured that they'd get the entire thing done. By the, the 31st, I do know that the John Rahm thing is significant in so many ways because it shows you the amount of – it shows you the temperature that this His Excellency or whatever his name is with uh, from Saudi Arabia, uh, what he feels about, you, you know, all these other additional investors and all this other stuff that the PGA Tour has brought to the table. And it, and it just also a, a, a thing, Randy, that – there's, I don't think there's any way moving forward in golf without them. I, I, I really don't. I think what they're going to do, if they're not included, is just continue to steal players. I don't think they give a damn about the money. I think whether it's 560 for John Rahm or $350 million or whatever it is, they'll just keep doing I, – I do know what they did with Rahm was they just kept adding $50 million under the offer until he took it. Well, the money is great. Are are we going to lose the golfer that we get five years down the road? Are we going to lose the golfer that cares about playing in and winning majors? 
Yeah, I mean, Randy, in my opinion, everything that we love about golf is on the table. I mean, if we're talking about some sort of world tour that will be created from this thing, <clears throat> I mean, what does it do? The, the, the majors will, will, will still hold the test of time, but where does it put the PGA Tour in terms of ranking, in terms of tours in the world? And how does all, what does all this work? What does it all look like? And I, I can promise you that, the, that bringing Tiger into the boardroom was, was really significant because he's going to draw a hard line in the sand about certain things that have to happen. And, and, it's, and it's going to be in, from a historical perspective. Because if we start, I, I don't know, if you start adding 15 or 20 events for all around the world, what does it do to the U.S. events? What does it do to the U.S. sponsors? And does it make it, it, it it's going to absolutely make them less significant. And it'll have a ripple effect down to the history of the game. It's, there, there is a lot on the table. And then the other thing, the, the Michael Block thing was absolutely fantastic. But I, I'm really disappointed that the USGA chose now to do the golf ball rollback. I mean, we are in the biggest boom we've ever experienced in a game of golf. We have more people playing golf. Burke, you're playing down at Family Golf Center at Adams yep. Place. It's, it's fantastic. And we're going to go ahead and make the game harder for, you know, the average guy. It just makes no sense. It seems so tone deaf to me. I what? hate it. Yeah, it is very frustrating to see this all play out, and it just feels like everything is in a weird limbo, and I'm sure that's hard for all the other golfers. Are you hearing from anything from the golfers currently who are still part of the PGA Tour about how they're feeling about this and the concern level of their future in the game? Yeah, they're all feeling the same way. I mean, we know we have to get a deal done. We just don't know what it's going to look like. And not being in the room, we I, I just don't know specifically what he wants. You know, obviously there's the, the, the overriding theme where he wants, you know, golf in his country and they want to make look good like they've done for Formula One. They're doing it for, for uh, soccer and they're trying to buy tennis right now and, and all these other things. So we know we know what the overall plan is. It's just that we, I'm not sure how what all the details look like. In it. And I think that's what's really going to determine where the hell we go from here, because I mean, you know, it came out, and and Brooke, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but it came out, I think Randy and I talked about this off the air, that he wanted a membership at Augusta National and some of these seats at some really, and I'm like, wow. I mean, there's zero chance. I mean, there's right. zero chance that's going to ever happen, you know, especially after you go out and publicly say that. I mean, it's almost like this unwritten rule, guys, if you want to get in, you know, you you can't say anything. You can't it's ask, crazy. right. <laughs> you can't ask. You know, it's like, an, it's almost like if a guy asks how much it costs, you'll never get it. And so it's it's really this odd thing. But um, that's, the, that's the thing that's, that, that's most pressing in my mind is what will these details look like? You know, what do they, what do they really want? We know they're sports washing. That's been going on forever. And it's been going on with all sorts of other sports. And I did some research, you guys, and I think 26 of our 40-some-odd sponsors already do business in Saudi Arabia. And so that's kind of telling to me. So I'm really not sure how big an impact that's going to have on certain sponsors. We know some will will really pull out, but I'm not sure about the masses. But I just don't know what the future of the PGA Tour looks like because we have some studs coming out, guys. This this young man that – He's already won three events around the world. Ludwig Atbert is just, I can't wait to watch this guy play. He's 23 years old now, and 
just got such such a bright future. And I mean, Victor Hovland is still an up and coming guy, even though he, he he had such a great finish this year. And we're going to get to see Tiger. So there's a lot of lot of cool stuff to look forward to this year. But man, I don't know what it's all going to look like and 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 how this thing is going to come about. I'm really interested in the details. And Jay, before we get to your show on Sunday, here's the stat that players love. Last year, in 2023, this year, 49 live players made $100 million and 149 PGA players made a million dollars. 198 pro golfers made at least a million dollars. So it's, regardless of where you are, a good place to be playing golf. I can't even. I saw those numbers a couple of days ago, and I was like, "Man, would it be nice to be playing?" I mean, just have your name on your bag right now, and you're going to get a million bucks. It sounds like it's it's pretty. Uh, yeah, it's 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 phenomenal. It, it, that, that sort of stuff is really. I, I don't have any trouble with it. I mean, my gosh, I I made I was able to play for so much more money than the group that came before me. But it would really, if I had my druthers, it would really be nice to be playing somewhere now. Oh, no it doubt. Would, it, would, <laughs> it, would, it would be great. I mean, it's, you know, and, and if you think about it, back when I was playing, if you stayed in the top 125, 125 golfers, you, you kept your card, you got full playing privileges, you got into basically every tournament now. But that didn't really mean you were making, you know, a great living. You, you, made, you made some really nice money, and then this tiger came along, you made some really good money. But now everybody making a million bucks. I mean, so what is the guy at 150th on the money list making, Randy? He's making $900,000. I mean, it's incredible. It's a guy named Mito Pereira. I have not heard of him until now. And he made $789,784. That's number 150 on the list. The number 100 golfer on the list for 2023, Nate Lashley, made $1.7 million. That is unbelievable. Randy, Mito Piero was the guy that was leading the uh, PGA Championship down at uh, Southern Hills and made double bogey on the last hole. Oh, okay. To, okay, uh, got it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he's from Argentina or Chile or somewhere. But uh, anyway, he's a live player now. So, yeah, it's there's just so much money in the game. I mean, it, it, I can't believe this is going to come out of my mouth, but if you start looking at our ratings and things like that, I mean, when does it come in? When, when do you start thinking that golfers are overpaid? <laughs> right. It's, but you know what? There, uh, in that sport, you have to succeed. You you have to actually play to get paid, uh, unlike other sports. There are no guarantees. So I would suggest that if if you are able to make a million bucks, you've earned it. Yeah, no question. No question. I mean, we were talking about this the other day, and someone, you know, it's so hard with with, with – with golf because anything we kill, we eat, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah. So, so what we did last year might help us with our golf bag contract, but that's peanuts compared to, you know, what we're playing for. But with the other sports, my gosh, if you can piecemeal two really good years together, I mean, this, this young man Browning, the, the backup quarterback for Cincinnati, yep. I mean, how much money do you think he's going to earn next year? He, he's going from league minimum to probably 10 or 15 million bucks. Yeah. Once he gets, has the ability to move to free agency, he will absolutely make a ton of money. Uh, Jay, who do you got coming up on the show on Sunday? We've got Lee Trevino, uh, Gary McCord, uh, Steve Flash. We, we, we're doing some wrap-up stuff of some the fun interviews that we've had. And Good, best of. Some of the Incentive Charity Classics, some best of stuff. Yeah, it's really fun. And Danny, 
Danny Mac does such a great job of putting this stuff together. I can't wait to listen to him on with you guys. I'm going to see what kind of traditions he has. Yeah, we'll find out. He, he He's not a curmudgeon. He'll be wide open about things like that. <laughs> I know we got to get Rock some traditions and I guess some goals and hopes for next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he's, yeah, he's yeah, not on He doesn't care about goals. It sounds like if you just give Rock a Coca Cola, things are going to be fine. <laughs> it's got to be a good one, though, right, Rock? Jay has, yeah. Jay yeah. has this figured out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, get fa- him, go fa- to Chick fil A, get him the ice from Sonic because the ice down at Sonic's really good and put oh. some Coke in there and everything's fine. Isn't Sonic so good, Jay? Jay, that's so smart. Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, you can't, you got to pick up something when you're this old. <laughs> you can't just down and be dumb your whole life. <laughs> you're the best. Happy New Year. Thank you so much and we will talk next week. Absolutely, guys. Love you. Have a happy new year. We'll talk next week. You bet. Bye. Love you, too. Jay Delsing with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, you need to text in to the Air Comfort Service text line. That number, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Take it or leave it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Or leave it. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. With Brooke and Matthew, I'm Randy. It is the opening drive of uh, on 101 ESPN. Last opening drive of 2023. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yep. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, wow. We're done. We're done. New so, Year's resolution to have more shows no, next I year. Think that's good. Can you at least do that? Whoa, whoa. Like more than we are like already supposed to have. Oh yeah. 52 weeks. Five shows a week. Uh, Always be well, here. No, uh, 250. A show in 2024, I think, is a good goal to have. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so. there you go. Sometimes I, I'm just trying to get you, Rock, at least a little used to making a goal, even if it's obviously going to happen. Just the thought process of making a goal. I have goals, but I don't start them on arbitrary days. Oh, man. Actually, <laughs> that's not true. I, I would be just starting them on arbitrary days, which is like a random Tuesday. That's when that's when I that's when my kick in the butt occurs. Rams so you can just celebrate Christmas whenever you want, right? That would be the best. I mean, presents all the year. All right, uh, spring training starts in roughly six weeks. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals will add a player to their roster, pitcher or player, by the time spring training starts. Oh, so any player? Any player? Oh, I'll take that. Okay, I'm going to take that easily. A relief pitcher or something like that. I would like it to be a starting pitcher. I would too. I, but that's I, I just threw it out there. I think they will add a player too, and I think it'll be a relief pitcher, and I think that's what they'll go to spring training with. I 100% agree. This is, this is gonna be Randy's favorite. Take it or leave it. Sorry. Okay, take it or leave it. I know I did this earlier, mm-hmm. but take it or leave it. The block M is the best logo and helmet for oh, Mizzou God. football. Let's leave it like a million times. It's like the worst. It's classic. But you've got, you've got the good. oval tiger, you've got the big tiger, you've got the old school Truman the tiger. It's like if, if there's five of them, it's fifth. The, the block M is fifth. And the yellow block M is better than the gold block M. It's because you feel like it's just too old school. You think that, what was it you said earlier, that you have to be 80 to like yeah, the block yeah. M? Yeah, it's old timey. Uh, it, and, and I get it. For people that loved the 1969 Orange Bowl, I, I get it. <laughs> 
but we're living in 2024 almost. And uh, let's let's try to pick up the pace a little bit in terms of our logos, okay? Things come back in style. Mm-hmm. Well, the old Truman the Tiger did, mm-hmm. it, and certainly the the M has never gone out of style for Michigan. If you want people, if you want people to think you're Michigan, cool. I would rather have Mizzou have their own identity and not be thought of as Michigan. I'm going to take it. I like it. I like it too. I'm not going to take M. it though. I think it's second. Oh, yeah, I think it's second or third. Yeah. Um, oh, is that Michigan? No, it's Montana. No, it's, <laughs> people don't. If you're a casual college football fan, you want to have it be Mizzou. We're trying to scare even, Ohio State because they just even, lost to them. Even the script, uh, okay, I'll, I'll take the block M over the script Tigers on the side of the helmet. Oh, I don't mind the script, like tigers, the script tigers, actually. I think it's really cool, especially whatever font that it is. But you definitely like the block M better. I do. I think it just looks really nice and clean and classic. Boring, yeah. <laughs> looks better in a basketball jersey than a football helmet, that's all I'll say. Uh, take it or leave it. The bowl game at Fenway Park should have brought out Ted Williams for the coin toss. Visiting captain calls heads. Oh, totally take it. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Totally take it. Of course, we have to end the year I with one of these shows. Like, I was like, Randy's going to, that's going to be his favorite take it or leave it for the year. Oh, I'm going to yeah. take it. Wait, of course, we have to end the year with that. How could, many times was he mentioned yeah. probably this year? If you had to put a number oh, the, on the it. The Splendid Winter? Yeah, yeah, we probably did it, what, once a month at least. I would say a dozen, cousin. He wouldn't be able to make it out there. He's got a head cold. Oh, Randy, no. Boy, that pass was a frozen rope. Oh yeah. no! Take it New Year's is depressing due to the fact that college football ends and we have to wait four months for baseball. Because I cannot watch this crooked NFL anymore. I'm going to no. leave it. We've got hockey. We've got Blues, the rejuvenated Blues, who play uh, the the Avalanche tonight. No, I'm there's gonna, there's plenty of sports. We're fine. Yeah, I'm going to have to leave it. And the XFL eventually coming soon. Yes. Uh, Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> We or, were, we were trying to figure that out yesterday when that official merger, because yeah. they've been talking about it, but I haven't seen anything that said it's officially, officially happening and what exactly the changes are being made. I believe it's going to be called the UFL, the United Football League. So mm. USFL, XFL, so it's just going to be the U, UFL. Hmm. Any other great ones? Uh, actually, this is, a, this is a good one. Take it or leave it. If the Blues get 10 points in the next eight games, we'll start to seriously consider them a playoff team. Take it. Ooh. 100%. Yeah, yep. I'm going to take it. If they're over 500 in that stretch, yes, I will. Yeah, because yesterday you said 500 in the stretch is good enough. So, yeah, certainly yeah. over 500, we're taking it. Yep. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. As college football moves toward a 12-game playoff next year, what should we expect from the 2024 Tigers? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. It is 8.04 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And Mizzou getting ready to play in their biggest bowl game ever tonight when they take on Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl down in Jerry World in Arlington, Texas. If we had a 12-team playoff this year, Mizzou would be participating in the 12-team playoff. With the 12-team playoff next year, is it fair and reasonable, Brooke Grimsley, to expect that Mizzou will be back in this same spot in 2024? 
I think 100%. I think that it would be a disappointment, honestly, if they weren't able to make it because of everything that they're getting back. One, they just announced an extension for Kirby Moore, their offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, who we've talked about has been a huge asset in their growth off- growth offensively this season. And you're bringing back Blake Baker. He said recently in a press conference that he wasn't even thinking about leaving. And you also are bringing back Luther Burton. You're bringing back Brady Cook. You have Sam Horn also available still. He hasn't entered the transfer portal that we know of and doesn't seem like he will. And you're getting so much experience back. We talked to Mookie Cooper yesterday, and he just announced that he is going to return next year. I think that we're still waiting on an official announcement from Theo Weeds Jr., but it seems like he also will return next season. So you're returning your entire receiver room. Oh, and by the way, you added Courtney Crutchfield. We talked about him Mm -hmm. to that room as well. So there's so much talent they're getting back, and they're adding talent via the transfer portal defensively and offensively. I feel like it would be a disappointment if they didn't make it in the expanded playoffs that we're seeing next year. I think that's the biggest thing is that they've been able to enhance their offensive line because mm-hmm. of the transfer portal. Their their offense is going to be very experienced and the, what they'll add up front will help. And because of what they're losing defensively, you're losing both corners, you're losing Hopper, you're losing uh, a couple of defensive linemen, but they're adding with the transfer portal and they at Mizzou are as good as anybody at using the transfer portal, I believe, because of their experience on offense and what they're going to get back, uh, what they're going to get defensively. I think they should be in the same spot again next year. One thing we don't talk about a lot is replacing the thicker kicker. And they're they're going to have to be mm-hmm. cognizant because they had games that came down to the wire of special teams and especially the kicker position. Because if it's not for... Uh, uh, I, I only call him the thicker kicker. What's his name again? Harrison Meavis. Harrison, Harrison Meavis. Yeah, there you go. Is that- yeah, isn't that weird? Uh, that's, that's, by the way, that's we've a done that so many times yeah. this year because yeah. we call them one name. It's like, wait, what yeah. is the Dusty yeah. Springfield? Yep. What is his real name? But are, are, if you don't have him for uh, K State in Florida, yeah, uh, Casey Blake, Dusty, Dusty Blake. Blake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, Blake Griffin. Anyway. <laughs> Why can't I think of the hidden coach? Remembering the names. Hmm? Why can't I think of the Turner Ward? Turner Ward. So anyway, they they have to, and this is something that Eli talked about the day he was hired. Mm-hmm. Was he is he, he is essentially the special teams coach. So I'm sure that that part of the game will be taken care of. And I look at next year's schedule as easier than mm-hmm. this year's schedule. I think that Mizzou has a chance, and they do play at Alabama and. We don't know because everybody's involved in the transfer portal. We don't know how difficult next year's schedule will be. But right now at first blush, based on the results of 2023, I think that 2024 has a chance to be even a better year. Well, if you look at the schedule, by the time that Mizzou opens up SEC play against Vanderbilt, which mm-hmm. well, you got to watch out for oh, the yeah. Commodores. Uh-huh. That's very intimidating. They will face Murray State, Buffalo, and Boston College. Those are four teams that have combined for 13 wins this year, which I know that this year's team will probably be different mm-hmm. than next year's team. But can we be honest here? I think that that's a pretty good slate for Mizzou. Now, you could look at that as a positive or a negative, right? Because you want to be able to test your group as early as possible, especially bringing so many of these guys back. Do you have any concerns with that where you feel like, okay, because October is where 
that's the real meat of the schedule where they'll have their biggest test in facing the Aggies and then, of course, Oklahoma, which I think is a game that everybody is looking forward to. I think the opportunity to build the defense during those first five games mm-hmm. is paramount for Mizzou. Get everybody on the same page defensively. Let Blake Baker work his magic. The offense should come into next season pretty well set. They, they should yes. know what they're doing. But... I like the idea now of having a schedule where you can win games but not be at the top of your game. When you play in the SEC, once you start the tough part of that that SEC schedule, I want my team to ascend to that sixth game of the year. They should be 5-0, and and I want them to ascend to that that sixth game and have their defense ready to rock and roll. Well, and there's a lot of first and new things on the schedule or things that they haven't done in a while because they're going to be traveling to College Station next Mm -hmm. year and they will be going to Bryant-Denny Stadium, which is something that they've only done, I believe, once in their history back in 2018. I was there for that game. You were? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What was that experience like? It was great. I But Jerry Judy was wind up, lined up wide right on the first play of the game, and I told Patrick, that, I think they were oh. on their own 25, and I told my son Patrick, I said, they're going to score a touchdown on the first play of the game. And Tua hits Judy, boom, 75-yard touchdown, bing, bang, boom. Yeah, uh, Alabama handles handled us pretty well. Mm. But I would anticipate, I think... Any rational, reasonable person would anticipate that that game is going to be a loss. I don't know what Mike Elko is going to do in his first year at exactly. AM, though. Yes. And they've lost a ton of players after the firing of Jimbo. Yeah, and that will be the first time that Mizzou will travel there, when I'm talking about Texas A&M, since in 10 years. So mm-hmm. those are those are two matchups where you haven't been able to be in that territory in a long time. Right. We want Bama. You want yeah, Bama? you don't want Bama. The, listen, after after the, the year that the offensive line had this year, I'm no longer perpetually terrified about the, the trench battle with Bama. I'm not confident in it, but I'm at the point now where and now you get some size on the defensive line as well with the with the transfer coming off from Florida. I mean, I think this might be the most the the best chance Mizzou's ever had at Bama. I still don't want him. I know, no, I'm being a little bit cocky, because of but, who's coaching be, them. We got a text good. in from the three one four that says, "How big is the loss of Cody Schrader?" It's big, but they've got a Georgia State running back that ran mm-hmm. for fourteen hundred yards, almost fourteen hundred yards. Is coming in, uh, almost the same size as Cody Schrader, by the way. And then they've got a four star freshman out of Texas that they've added. So while Schrader's loss is a big one. They're replacing him. You can't keep everybody forever. And I think they're replacing him with talent. We don't know if he'll be replaced with production, Mm -hmm. but all you can do is all you can do. And they're getting the best that is available to them. And I think they'll be all right. Well, and that's the nice thing is because they're they're at a point where they have a lot of talent and they have talent coming Mm -hmm. in, but they also have talent available. Who would have thought if you would have said last year that Cody Schrader would be the story of the Mizzou Tigers this season, you'd be like, wait. What, what right. happened to Nathaniel Pete? What happened to, you know, all the other running backs that you thought maybe would rise to the top in the situation? Not that they haven't been valuable this season for Mizzou, but still, the fact that Cody Schrader was this big story, you just hope that somebody will step up and be able to fulfill that role. Right. And uh, Jamal Roberts, uh, freshman this year that uh, is out of St. Louis, I believe, uh, is also there and they like him a lot. He went to St. Mary's and uh, they, they like Jamal Roberts a lot too. We're going to talk to Howard Richards later on in the program coming up at 9.30. That's today's Fresh Take. Coming up, Joey V talking some blues on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Blues 
from the Avalanche tonight. You'll hear the action here on 101 ESPN at 7 o'clock. The pregame at 6. Joe Vitale joins us now. Good morning, Joseph. I don't know if you had a chance to hear earlier. Brooke was giving us some unusual New Year's traditions that people have, like eating 12 grapes right after midnight or walking around the block with empty suitcases to uh, perhaps presage travel for the following year. Do you have any New Year's traditions that you and or your family participate in? Yeah, that just sounds really weird, Brooke. Um, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it on the first take, but I'm glad. I, if I would have heard it on the second take, it would have been even weirder. Um, Joey, these they're supposed to represent different things to bring you luck and prosperity for the new year. I'm surprised that you wouldn't at least give one of those a shot. What about, okay, this is another one I threw out there. Maybe this is more your speed. Wearing different color underwear that represents things for the new year. Red, yellow, and orange underwear. Red, yellow, <laughs> Listen, guys, I'm just trying to get to lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Joey's like, no way. (laughs) Not doing any of that. I wake up up every day. I just tell myself, how do I get to lunch today? (laughs) I I don't... uh... You know, I'm just grateful to have clean underwear. My wife does a great job with the underwear. So that's all I know. (laughs) I don't have anything specific like that, guy. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of a day-by-day guy. That's the luxury, I think, of having multiple... uh, A big family and kids. You... I think that your time is sucked and the energy is sucked right out of you. Where <laughs> with that comes the creativity that's just it's just gone in my life. But I'm just in survival mode right now. Joey, I appreciate the people who do that. With with the five kids, here's one thing that uh, that we've done, and it's maintained uh, its tradition, uh, even though the kids are 29 and 26. Uh, we do an ice cream sundae on New Year's Eve. Hey, I really like that. No, I really like that a lot. I think that, um, you know, our ice cream tradition isn't New Year's Eve. It's it's multiple times a week. You know, this is one of the things I do with my kids. You know, I, I'm, not a, I'm not home all that much, and I travel a lot, obviously, with the Blues. And uh, I miss a lot of hockey practices. And I miss a lot of sporting events. So the one, uh, the one ice cream tradition we do have, Randy, although not on New Year's Eve, is when practices are over and I have a chance to coach them, like I did my son Harper last night out there at Centene, uh, it's it's a mandatory. It's not it's not if we're getting ice cream. It's where we're getting ice cream. You know, we live in Kirkwood, so there's multiple options. It's either a Clementine's and Andy's, or or my one of my favorite now, Overwise. I've been we've been tearing up Overwise. So we end up coming home and you know obviously doing the the ice cream thing and getting a scoop even when it's 20 degrees outside, and that's kind of become our thing as well. Joey, the peanut butter and chocolate Overwise is the bomb. It's the best. It, it's it's one of the greatest of all time. I am 1,000% with you. Uh, the cookie dough, you know what Oprah Weiss has really good, too? Believe it or not, they have like the best bacon in the world. You go into their shop there over, over off Manchester and Rock Hill. They have bacon. They have uh, ice cream cake. I mean, and then here's the other thing. My wife drives me crazy on this one, too. Every year I ask for the same cake. She's I don't get it. I go, just don't worry about it. Just give me the cake. The greatest ice cream cake out there is ice cream Ice cream cake. You know what I'm talking no. about? Yes. It's the birthday cake ice cream birthday cake. That's oh. a mouthful. That. <laughs> it is, I, but yeah. I get it. So, yeah, they have birthday cake ice cream flavor, and they stuff it into a cake. It's birthday cake ice cream birthday cake. It is the greatest cake in all of the in all of the. I think in the universe. I mean, if there's a universe out there, and there's other debates on this, it, it would be it without a doubt. Take it out 30 minutes for. You want to serve it up, and it'll change your life.
Oh, I love that. I, I'm 100% with you on that. Well, Joy, I guess we'll ask you some Blues stuff here, but the Blues coming off a good win against the Dallas Stars. What did you see in that game? Because right now it seems the Blues are really continuing to roll under Drew Bannister 5-1 and one now under him. Well, they've had two come-from-behind victories in the last four, which is something they didn't do in the first 25 games. So I think that that's one of the characteristics about this group that really stands out. You know, under under Craig Berube, not not in his whole tenure because they had some wonderful come-from-behind chapters under Berube, but just this year it just seemed as if they, they went behind, they got behind, they allowed that first goal. You just It was inevitable. It's almost like you can just fast-forward the game because it was going to be a big L. And now with the answer, it's just been a little bit different. I think his calm approach, his little bit uh, more stoic demeanor on the bench, I think has played well to some of the younger generation players we have here. And whether it be Thomas and Cairo and Buchnevich and maybe a Perunovic or, a, you know, uh, let's just say a Joel Hofer, for example. So I think a lot of these younger players really are thriving under a more kind of passive coach than, than Craig Bruby, who ended up becoming, you know, just he's a, an aggressive guy. And that's what made him so great is he got the guys going. He rallied them on times. And, and for whatever reason this time now, it's just been one of those things where this group is, is coming from behind and doing it very well. And they're, they're finding different ways to win games right now, Brooke. And that's what's, what's great about teams that, that win and, and go the distance and win championships. You know, it's last game, if it was Joel Holfer, the game before that, it was the second unit power play. I mean, you go two games before that, it's the top line of Robert Thomas. They were the best line on the ice, as they should be. So different ways, different people picking up the slack and, of course, finding different ways to win games is what good teams do. As you mentioned there, it was a fantastic game for Joel Hofer. And I was listening to you in the game broadcast and the postgame show after that win against the Stars. And you had mentioned that you think we might see more of Joel Hofer here in the next few games. Do you think that that will still be the case? Yeah, I mean, I said it the other night, and I, I still believe it. I mean, we're going to find out here in a couple hours. I'm heading down to the rink here in about an hour. We're going to see the morning skate. We're going to see what Drew Bannister decides to do. You know, one thing he's done is he's trusted his, his gut. He's had good impulses, whether it be two games ago when he put out the second unit, they score a power play goal. Moments later, Chicago takes another penalty. He doesn't go back with the star players. He went back with the second unit. He asked was asked that question at the end of the game and the day before. He said, Listen, I just I had a gut, I had a hunch, I went with it, and it, and it worked out. And so this is a instinctual coach. I think he's going to go a lot with his gut. He's going to trust his gut. And I think you look at the way Joel Holders played not only last game, stopping 39 or 40, but go two games ago when he played the Florida Panthers and only allowed one goal, which was a fluke goal, by the way. I mean, it was a dump in off the stanchion that probably shouldn't even gone in. So maybe it's a shutout in that game, technically. So he's been facing a lot of rubber. He's been under arrest, and I think that you know, it's one of those things where this, this coach has to keep riding this high horse because you look around the league and it seems like everyone in the Central Division just keeps winning. Everyone else is, is losing and Central Division is winning. Uh, points are very hard to come by. I mean, the Blues right now 5-1 and one in the last six, but they're still kind of hanging on that playoff spot. So on, on the wild card with, with Arizona, a big win the other day against Colorado and, and other teams around them, Minnesota starting really to pick up the slack. And you got to keep an eye on the Emerson Oilers now in that wild card race who is really starting to come to one again last night. So plenty of teams around them are winning. Points are so valuable, especially this time of the year. And I think that you, you go with Joe Holfer again here tonight, continue to ride that hot horse, and then give your starting goaltender um, a well-deserved rest because he was terrific throughout the month of November. Joey V, just my opinion, but I think when the NHL schedule makers get together to put together a league schedule, one of the things that should be like the foundation, what you start with is an off day for the Blues in Pittsburgh before you the, they play so that Joey V can visit his old stomping grounds. I think playing on one night and then playing back-to-back the next night in Pittsburgh is just unfair for you. 
I would rather I would rather begin my Christmas in Western Canada and then have to go back out to Western Canada after Christmas if it allowed me one day off there in Pittsburgh. I agree with you, Randy. Uh, it was one of the one of the sour spots on the schedule, and it's been a great schedule. Don't get me wrong. But there are certain cities you love going back to. Pittsburgh's one. Boston, obviously, with so much of my college uh, history there. And then the Blues winning the Team 7 Stanley Cup championship there. So much wonderful uh, cities across the board. Uh, but with all said and done, I, I did have a chance to catch up with Sidney Crosby yesterday. I, I sent it off to the great friends over there at 101, Grant and Alex. They have it. They can, you guys can use it at your will. A really awesome 13-minute conversation. It will be aired Tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night's game, uh, I think on the pregame show on Valley Sports Midwest, uh, we had a nice Zoom meeting, and it was a great hot stove. We shared wonderful moments from the past, uh, a lot of great laughs, and, and we got into the nitty-gritty because you, know, you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins when they played them on Saturday. I mean, you know, Sid and I, I joked him about this. I said, you know, you're not a spring chicken anymore. He's 36 years old, and he's still humming along and clicking along and getting his points, and he's still one of the best players in the National Hockey League. But we all see it with Alex Ovechkin. I mean, one, one day it just kind of the, – the, the switch kind of flips, and all of a sudden you're not as, as relevant. Maybe you're not as good as you once were, and who knows when that's going to be for Sid, but it is inevitable at some point. So to sit down with him and really break it down and, and pick his brain and, and what makes him tick and – um, just a true true leader and a guy that just continues to want to win. He's won it all. I asked him this question. I said, you've won it all. You've won three cups, world championship. you won Olympic gold, golden gold boy. I mean, you've done it all. What motivates you every day? And the simplest answer was, I just, I still want to win. I love to win. I love to compete. And that's what drives him every day. So it's a cool interview and you guys can check it out tomorrow. We will. And Brooke wasn't here when you told the Sidney Crosby superstition story. So next week, why don't we plan on you telling the, the Sidney Crosby superstition? Because I'm sure there's a lot of listeners, too, that haven't heard it. We'll set, set that aside right now for next week so that you can tell that fantastic story. Let's mark it. It's going to take about a good six. To tell it right, it's going to take about a good six to eight minutes <laughs> yep. up for us. So heads up. But we're not going to get into too much hockey. We're out the hop there. But uh, it's a great story, and it really is uh, boils down not only his superstition, but his routine and how important it was for players around him to kind of facilitate that routine as well. Joey V, love you. Have a great night tonight and a great trip and a happy 2024. Hey, you guys as well. Happy New Year to you all. Love love our conversations every Friday morning. Makes my whole week and starts my weekend off great. And we'll be talking to you guys next week. You bet. Thank you, sir. See you later. That is the great Joe Vitale here on 101 ESPN. And maybe he'll pick up a new New Year's tradition along the way. But yeah. Joey is very busy with, with his family. I yeah, totally get busy. that it, you have to take it day by day yeah. at that point. And I'm telling you. Have you ever had the Oberweiss peanut butter and chocolate? No. After you guys Ooh. mentioned that, I was I took note of it. You have to. You have to. Matthew, have you ever had it? Uh, I can't say I have. I usually just you would know to, if you had. Uh, yeah, when, when I go to Oberweiss, I just get straight chocolate because it's it's, yeah. it's that good. I've had the Clementines that he mentioned. Mm-hmm. Andy's. I, I love both of those, it's a and I like Icy's Plain and Fancy. I haven't have had, had that. You, no, it was at. Remember, when we went to Enterprise Center oh, that, for the blues yeah, that was thing. Fantastic. Yes, yes, yeah. it was so good. So, okay, we got some good ice cream here in St. Louis. Coming up next, we've got the fight. Do you need a fighter, Matthew? Did I win yesterday? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Jack one yes. Okay. okay. Uh, so we've got the fight <laughs> coming your way next. And if you would like to participate, text in 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo ho! The fight's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight! In the red corner, average Joe Listener! And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive! Please welcome Randy Carriker! 
and welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Randy Carricker and Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And we kind of just threw impromptu Jason into the fight right now. Jason, I know that oh, we have the mic right here for you. Jason, you're in the room today for a very special reason, and we kind of threw this on you of, hey, why don't you take on Randy in the fight? <laughs> yes, but hey, I'm very excited uh, to be a part of it. Um, like, say, uh, you know, Jason Newton, um, and I had an opportunity to do this, uh, get this opportunity through um, the uh, Down Syndrome um, Association. And uh, um, my regular life, I um, kind of associated with that is I'm with a company called United Access, who, which we specialize in wheelchair accessible vehicles and equipment. Um, but like I say, had this opportunity and uh, looking forward to taking on Randy. You excited? Nervous? You don't seem uh, nervous. A little nervous. A little nervous. I mean, listen to Randy on a daily basis. Uh, that guy's pretty sharp. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's called Megamind for a reason. All right, Jason, so you ready for the fight? Ready to take right, on I'm, Megamind? I am ready. Okay. Question number one. And are you doing this with options or you want to do it Randy style? I'm probably going to have to do the options. Okay. That's just to totally play it fine. safe. We, we did throw this at you. It's, it's very nerve-wracking. So question number one. Joe Flacco finished December with the fourth most passing yards in a single month in NFL history with 1,616. Which multiple MVP winning QB holds the record with 1,755? Is it John Elway, Peyton Manning, or Brett Favre? I am going to go with Brett Favre for the win. <laughs> for the win. Flacco's game last night was the first 300-yard passing game against the Jets in 33 games. Which longtime AFC East quarterback is the last to do it, throwing for over 400 in that game? Was that Josh Allen, Tom Brady, or Ryan Fitzpatrick? I think I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Brady. Prior to moving over to the Boston Red Sox, which National League team did Theo Epstein work for as the director of player development? Was it the Padres, the Cubs, or the Astros? I believe the Chicago Cubs. And who is the only player in NFL history who's had 100-yard receiving games for six different teams? Is that Terrell Owens, Javon Walker, or Andre Risen? Let's go with uh, Terrell Owens. All righty. I will tally the scores. We will bring in Randy Carricker. All right. He's bringing in Megamind. How are you feeling after that, Jason? Ooh. I'm uh, I'm sweating it a little bit. A little uh, bit. I yeah. wish there was more baseball questions. <laughs> I feel like we've had. Son you're probably a... like the third person that has said that <laughs> this week, row. right? Yeah, it's it's like you're purposely avoiding no. it now, Rock, aren't you? No, my my uh, my trivia, uh, my fight question process is very uh, organic, which is that I I just start like kind of typing stuff into Google and I just kind of follow threads mm. and sometimes there's stuff that happens obviously in games like last night and, and and I have some questions from there but yeah I just kind of like follow threads on the internet until I find a good thing I think is a good trivia question that we haven't used which is getting harder oh there you go well Randy now is back in the room and so is Jason it's, it's a special treat to have somebody actually in the room to it fight I feel fun. like we should do this moving forward yeah let's plan on it hey I'm a trendsetter 
There you go. <laughs> and Randy, as you know, you know Jason, yeah, and so it's very Mizzou's exciting uh, hoodies to have him in today. M I Z. There you go. All right, Randy, ready to take on Jason in the fight? I am ready. Question number one. Joe Flacco finished December with the fourth most passing yards in a single month in NFL history with 1,616. Which multiple MVP winning QB holds the record with 1,755? I believe that would be Peyton Manning. Randy, also setting some records last night. Joe Flacco's game was the first 300-yard passing game allowed by the Jets in 33 games. Which longtime AFC East quarterback is the last to do it, throwing for over 400 in that game? 33 games. Long-time long-time AFC East quarterback. 33, so that would have been during the 2021 season. So Brady would have been gone. Uh, so that would, Josh Allen would seem to be the logical choice. I will go with Josh Allen. Prior to moving over to the Boston Red Sox, which National League team did Theo Epstein work for as the director of player development? Padres. And Randy, who's the only player who's had 100-yard receiving games for six different NFL franchises? Hmm. That means he would have had to play for six teams. That too. I will do the lifeline. <laughs> Was it Terrell Owens, okay. Javon Walker, or Andre Risen? Okay, I don't think Walker got to six teams. He was Packers, Broncos, Raiders, or Packers, Raiders, Broncos. Um, Risen, he, I don't think he, when he played like for the Raiders and the Chiefs, he was, I don't know if he would have had 100 yards for them. I don't even know if he had a 100 yard game for the Packers. Did definitely for the Falcons, obviously. So T.O. would be logical here if we can think of six teams for him. Niners, Cowboys, Eagles, Bills, Bengals. Um, and did he have one at the end of his career? Uh, let me just run around the league here. Seems like he had another team. That's five right there that I would think that he had. Let's see, Rams, Seahawks, uh, NFC South. I don't think he made his way to the South. Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Bucks. Um, no other East teams. But I, I think I'm going to go with 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 two. Anyway, uh, we just North. He never played for the Ravens or Steelers or, Bra- or Browns, Bengals. He did. Um, yeah, I, I'll just assume that maybe I should go with somebody else because I can't I can't think of another team for for two Niners, Cowboys, Bills, Bengals. <laughs> it took me a minute to realize why you were saying two, and then I just got it. Oh. <laughs> it took me a minute. Um, I just got really confused. It's Dio. <laughs> Eagles, um, North Vikings, no Lions, Bears, um, East West. I'll. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm, because I can't think of a sixth theme, team for two. I'm gonna go with Andre Risen. <laughs> All right, this was a close fight. A little bit more low scoring than I expected. So, was Jason able to come into the studio and knock Randy Carricker off a win for the first time in 14 fights, or does Randy Carricker finish out the year on one heck of a winning streak? Ring that bell.
The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. You were going to be so close, Jason, but unfortunately, Randy Carricker changed that last answer and he he, he uh, spiked the football a little bit and he, he uh, wins this one three to one. I thought, so close. I thought so I close. thought might be in the well. The crazy thing is here, you got the one correct that uh, Randy got wrong, which I always is crazy when it happens. So let's go through those questions and answers. Joe Flacco finished December with the fourth most passing yards in a single month in NFL history with sixteen sixteen. It was in fact Peyton Manning's uh, two thousand thirteen December when he set the all time record with seventeen hundred and fifty five. Flacco's game last night also the first three hundred yard passing game against the Jets in thirty three games, second to last game of the season in twenty twenty one. It was a Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback mm. by Tom Brady who did throw. For over 400 yards against the New York Jets defense. Prior to moving over to the Boston Red Sox, uh, Theo Epstein was the player director of player development with the San Diego Padres. Randy, do you know what uh, team he interned with multiple times before being brought to the Padres? I do not remember. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. And then their their executive moved from Baltimore to San Diego and brought him along as his assistant. He eventually became player of, uh, director of player development. And the only player who's had 100-yard receiving games for six different teams, the Colts, the Falcons, the Browns, the Jaguars, the Chiefs, and the Oakland Raiders. It is, in fact, Andre Bad Moon Rising, <laughs> who, who locked up six different 100-yard ga- yard games with six different teams. And a 3-1 win for Randy Carricker in the fight today. Did two only play for five teams? Did Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Bengals, and Bills. Got it, okay. Well, either way, thank you, Jason, because we we really did just throw this on you, and you stepped up to the plate, (laughs) and it's so nerve-wracking. It was great. Thanks for playing. Thank you, Randy. Thank, Thank you. you, Jason. Jason, and by the way, did you tell why yeah. you're here? Good. Mm-hmm. Down Syndrome Association of Greater St. Louis does amazing work, and thank you for being a part of that trivia night that I was uh, you know, ab- seeing. Absolutely. I saw this. This was kind of like a bucket list thing for me. So chance to come on air and then a chance to meet the team. So great. Yeah. It's great. Happy to be here. Thanks, Jason. Thank Appreciate you, Jason. It. Jason with us on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Coming up, Bobby Tommy here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Blue Center Robert Thomas, for those un- uninitiated. He's coming your way on 101 Bobby ESPN. <laughs> You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Getting you inside the Blues locker room. forward Robert Thomas on the opening drive. Driven by Pure Performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs. Brooke Grimsley, Randy Carricker with you. The Blues with a couple of games left in 2023. They'll take on the Colorado Avalanche tonight at Enterprise Center. 6 o'clock pregame here on 101 ESPN. And then the action at 7 o'clock. And then tomorrow night, the Blues are at Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins. That pregame at 6 and the faceoff at 7. Robert Thomas with his weekly visit with the opening drive on 101 ESPN is with us on the Celebrity Line now. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Morning, guys. Doing well. Good. Uh, first of all, Happy New Year to you. Hope 2024 treats you exceptionally well. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Well, Robert, obviously great wins for you guys here recently. I want to start with that Blackhawks game, scoring five goals in the third period, your second come from behind victory this season. What in the world happened in that game, and especially in the third period? Yeah, no, uh, really exciting game. Uh, I feel like it's been a long time since we've had one of those exciting uh Third period comebacks, and um, yeah, it was, a, it was a blast of a game to, to lead into Christmas break. What did it feel like going into that third period that just kind of shift the, shifted the momentum? Yeah, I think we, we all felt like we had so many chances to score and just couldn't, 
couldn't seem to find a way to score, and then they, um, you know, you have a good chance, and they just get a breakaway out of it and score a two on one, and um, so we, we always felt like we were in the game, and then we got that power play goal, and then you know, Cappy makes a good play, gets another power play goal, and then you just knew we we were right in it, and uh, just needed one to win the game. Uh, Robert, then, like you said, you go into the Christmas break and. You're in a position now that you haven't always been in where you can literally give people that are close to you anything they want. How's that feel? What's that like for you? What do you mean by that? Because of your contract and where you are now in your your station in life. If somebody wants something, you can get it for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's always fun having family in town and, and doing some, some special things. Um, so... I uh, really enjoy Christmas. It's always been something that's uh, super, super special for my whole family. Did your dad uh, do the do any steaks on Christmas? Uh, I did not, but he did cook up a storm for Christmas Day. So it was good. We had some turkey, ham, and uh, a ton of other stuff. So it was exciting. Love it. Wow. That sounds like a full feast. Do you have any, we were discussing this earlier. Do you have any New Year's traditions that you do? I'm sure it's pretty busy, obviously, for you guys, but is there any traditions that you might have? Uh, honestly, not really. Um, yeah, I've never really gone too too crazy on New Year's, so um, don't don't really have anything. Proud of you. Proud of you for not going crazy on New Year's because people do, <laughs> athletes do, and it's not a great thing. It doesn't always turn out very well. So I'm, I'm glad. Hey, Robert, I know how much you have appreciated representing Canada in, in like world junior competitions. I don't know how aware of you, this you are, but because I just became aware of it, but there's going to be an NHL uh, international event in February of 25, and NHL players are going to play. They're going to stop the schedule. And Dom LeCision at The Athletic says that Robert Thomas should be on Canada's team. How much would that mean to you to be able to represent Canada in the the biggest of international competitions? Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, Obviously, a long wait till then, and there's a lot of great players from Canada, so uh, it'll be tough to, to make that team. But, um, yeah, I mean, growing up watching Canada, I still, every Christmas Boxing Day, I, I turn on the World Juniors, I watch Canada, I watch all the games, and, um, you know, that's my favorite event to, to really watch. And, um, yeah, anytime you can play for Canada, it's, it's pretty special and um, something that you look forward to. Have you had an opportunity to see uh, there's seven Blues prospects playing in the World Juniors? Have you, have you had a chance to see any and scout any for us? Yeah, I've honestly watched the uh, I've watched all the games on Boxing Day. I've watched you know as many as I can. Um, so I, I've seen you know all the guys play. Obviously, a couple of hat trick yesterday. I got to see that was pretty cool. And um, yeah, Dvorsky looked good. Uh, I mean, there's. A lot of promise coming from there, so it's, it's exciting to, uh, you know, you turn on any game and it seems like you got a Blues player or a Blues prospect in there, so um, that part of it's really nice. You've talked about having a lot of mentors growing up and guys who have reached out to you and helped you throughout your career. Are you doing that with some of those young prospects as well? You're saying you're watching them. Are you texting any of them, any of them giving them advice? Uh, not really. You kind of just let them enjoy the time. Um, you know, junior hockey is so much fun and chaotic and um you know that's all they they want to focus on and at least i did when i was playing there so um you know i haven't really reached out to any of them but uh, i know a lot of us are watching them so we talked to you about the come from behind win from the blackhawks but the dallas stars game was another good one for you guys especially for joel hofer what'd you think of his performance 
Yeah, he was great. Uh, I mean, he made some some very timely saves and really stepped up, especially um, in the third period. Um, they kind of started taking it to us a little bit, and um, he was he was there to answer the bell every single time. So, uh, you know, great game for him, and hope it hope we can help build some confidence for him as as uh, he's a great goalie. And Robert, you look at the schedule. Of, of the eight games, Dallas, and then the, the seven that you have ahead, six of those you're going to face teams that are in the top 11 in the NHL in terms of the standings. Do you look at that? I know you're a one-game-at-a-time kind of guy, but do you look at a stretch like this as an opportunity to find out what your team really is, or do you already know what your team really is? Uh, I think I think we know. Um, I think it's an exciting time. Uh, you always want to play against the best teams and really put yourself up to the test and um, I think that's that's what we're looking forward to most. Um, I mean, it's always it's always you always have this one stretch in the schedule where it seems like you're playing the best teams, and you got a ton of games coming up um, against them. So, I think that's the, the the biggest challenge is just being ready to go. And, uh, and these points are so important for us, and um, it'll be a good test for us. And I know we're excited for that challenge. And now a half dozen games under Drew Bannister. Can you take us behind the curtain? What's what's he like as a coach? What's his demeanor, and what's he like for the players? Yeah, he's uh, definitely definitely different. I think he's uh, you know a lot more calm, um, more calculated. He's not really a, a scream in your face kind of guy. He's just quiet, and um, you know he, everything he says he backs up with you know video and, and different points. So um, that's kind of the way he rolls and. Uh, it's been a bit of fresh air. Hey, go get them against Colorado tonight and then have fun going against uh, P- Crosby and the Penguins tomorrow and have a very happy new year, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Happy new year. Thank you, Robert. Robert Thomas, Blues Center, with us on 101 ESPN. I went into that article. The Athletic had three different mm-hmm. writers project Canada's team, and I was because Robert, 25 years old, and he's ascending to a level where I think he's going to be one of the top five centers that can represent Canada by that time. I was surprised that Dom Lecision was the only one that picked him. But, it made, it, okay, Dom, you get one point from me. There you go. Now now he's getting back in your good graces. I will have to say, because we talked about this at the beginning of the year, I didn't. I don't like that the Athletic kind of was right with their predictions about the Blues early this season. I, I absolutely hate that. Yeah, it's, it's not great. I, I will... I will grant you that. Yeah. But they they were. They were. They predicted the firing and the way that it would be back and forth for the Blues all season. Yeah. And here we are now, though, 5-1 and in the last six and a win over Colorado tonight. you got to beat the Devils team, right? You have to. Not the New Jersey Devils, but the real devil owns the team. Yes. Stan Kroenke's team. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's go Blues tonight. You'll hear it here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got our Rush Hour reset, including a new most cherished trophy in sports. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. For the Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN Blues and Avalanche tonight, 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock faceoff here on 101 ESPN. The Cotton Bowl is also tonight. You'll see that on ESPN. By the way, we're going to talk to Howard Richards about the Tigers coming up at the bottom of the hour. But 
Mizzou and Ohio State. Ohio State, is it? I, the line had gone to three last I saw. Ohio State was favored. Mm. And I am not sure. This is according to ESPN Bet. But Missouri's going to win the game. Yeah, there you go. It seems like... Oh, now OSU's a five-point favorite. It was two and a half earlier in the week. Five-point favorite. Well, and I talked about this yesterday. Ohio State's only sold two-thirds of their ticket allotment. Mm -hmm. It seems like they don't really care about this bowl game. No, their fans are are spoiled and entitled. And if they aren't playing in a Final Four game, they aren't going... They're they're just going to take their ball and go home. I feel like you should care. You should support your program. You should support your players for a season. They're different. And everything that they've done. They're different there. The Blue Bloods, some of the Blue Bloods are really different. And Mm -hmm. they think that it's their God-given right to only play, to, to beat Michigan, which they've lost to three times in a row. Sorry. And then to play in the Final Four. And if they don't get that their way, then they don't participate, which is fine because Mizzou bought all of their extra tickets and Mizzou mm-hmm. fans are showing up in droves down in Arlington. And so my hope is, is that Mizzou fans will be so loud tonight that uh, the Ohio State young quarterback won't be able to hear what's going on. There you go. And I think this is huge for Mizzou because either way, a win is a yeah. win. How how. Much of a bummer would it be to not be able to enjoy a season unless your team was playing for a championship? I think that's a huge bummer. I think you should always support your team no matter what, especially, I mean, that's, that's, in my opinion, it's still a big deal and it's important to make it to a New Year's Six Bowl, regardless of if your expectations are championships every single season. It's not realistic to always make it there, so you should support your team no matter what. I wonder how many Ohio State fans in Ohio have that attitude, but are also Bengals or Browns fans that have never won a Super Bowl. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It it doesn't really make much sense. So, I don't know. Well, for the Browns, things have been at least going a little bit better for them. Right. And they won last night, clinched a playoff spot with a 37-20 win over the New York football Jets, who are... Is hapless a fair word for the football Jets? Mm -hmm. Guys, it's snowing outside. just thought I'd... Okay. Oh, it's uh, beautiful. It is. It's kind of like a snow globe effect right now. Yeah, uh, Browns win, and I'm really happy for those true blue Browns fans. I remember producing a game for them. It wasn't for them. It was a football Cardinal game in the 80s. It was like the first preseason game. It was 100 degrees in their old stadium, and it was packed. They had 90,000 people for the first preseason game. And their fans, first of all, they've been tortured by losing their team and then getting it back, but they have stuck with that team through and through. You never saw a mostly empty stadium in Cleveland, unless it was just the the 0-16 horrible seasons. But they had a lot of 5-11s, and 11s and people would mm-hmm. show up even at the end of the year. Yeah, and that's why I asked earlier, are they one of the most tormented fan bases? Oh, it's a factory of sadness. In NFL. Yeah, there's no doubt. It's, they and Detroit together are right there. Uh, I think, who, who played? Did Chris Spielman play for both franchises? No, he played for Buffalo and Detroit. Those uh, here's who played for both teams. Sean Rogers. Sean Rogers. There you go. Big defensive Ooh, tackle. Immaculate grid. Yeah. yeah. Little little tidbit there, there. There you go. So congratulations to the Browns on clinching a playoff berth. If the playoff started now, it'd be Cleveland at Kansas City, and mm. we were talking about the over under for that game earlier, forty one and a half. I think I might go under. With Spags' defense and Jim yeah. Schwartz' defense. The Browns' defense has been top five, I think, all yeah. season now, despite injuries yeah. that they've had on both side of the ball, sides of the ball. So the Browns' defense has been a huge factor in their success this and year. I and the Chiefs' defense deserves some credit, they've too. they great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Miles Garrett, did he get a sack last night? I, I didn't double-check. I, I didn't see him get a sack, and I don't know if he got one. 
But if he didn't get a sack, that would be six games in a row without a sack for Miles Garrett, who arguably, he was talked about as an MVP candidate earlier, arguably is the best defensive player in the league. He got there mm-hmm. last night. Okay, good. He, so he got to uh, uh, the Trevor Simeon. The greatest trophy in sports has been replaced. <laughs> the Stanley Cup is no longer the greatest trophy in sports. Now the greatest trophy in sports is the Pop-Tarts Bowl trophy, which looks like a football with toaster slots in it. Mm-hmm. And last night, not only did Kansas State win the Pop-Tarts Bowl trophy, but they also got to partake of an edible mascot. A mascot walked into a toaster and came out toasted a strawberry giant strawberry Pop-Tart, and the K-State players were able to partake. Randy, it was the greatest celebration for a bowl game I think I've ever seen. The marketing was impeccable. The fact that you had the Pop-Tart strawberry guy who just celebrated his grand entrance, popping out of the toaster, as you mentioned, and then the beautiful ending to the story where he goes back into the toaster and he went out doing what he loved, which is being a Mm Pop-Tart that was perfectly toasted for them to eat. And that's important, perfectly toasted. For example, on my toaster, it's set at one and a half. Okay, mm. and my thing goes up to like six or seven, but I set it at one and a half, and it's perfectly toasted at one and a half. Do you have a range on your toaster where you like a number where you put your pop tart in, and it comes out perfectly done? I can't say that I have noticed it. I just make sure that I don't fully burn it. That that That's is what important. I look for in my toaster. By the way, I need to apologize for a grievous error yesterday here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN when okay. people said, "What's the greatest pop tart?" and I said, "S'mores." I completely forgot about brown sugar cinnamon. That's your mm-hmm. favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah, grievous error on my part, and I apologize <sighs> to everybody who was tuned in and might have ruined their day. I, I don't know. You probably should have sticked with the s'mores, Randy, because that one is a really, really s'mores good one. A, it's close, close second, if but I no, want, that brown sugar cinnamon is If I just delicious. want something simple, I do wildberry, and mm-hmm. then the hot fudge sundae is my other top favorite. Okay, so here's the thing. Brooke Grimsley does something simple, and it's wild. That's it. It just doesn't seem to jibe right here. No, no. That's, that's wildness. The that's Pistons crazy. lost their 28th in a row last night. That's an NBA record tying the Philadelphia 76ers. And if you didn't hear our friend Robert Thomas earlier, I, I said uh, I asked him uh, on our segment, our last segment, I said, hey, take us behind the curtain here with Drew Bannister. What kind of a coach is Drew and what's, what's he like for the players? And here's what Robert Thomas had to say. Yeah, he's uh, definitely... Definitely different. I think he's, uh, you know, a lot more calm, um, more calculated. He's not really a, a scream in your face kind of guy. He's just quiet, and um, you know, he, everything he says, he backs up with, you know, video and, and different points. So um, that's kind of the way he rolls, and uh, it's been a been a breath of fresh air. It, it- it happens in sports. Now, I, anybody who has watched Craig Berube red-faced and reading his lips behind the bench understands that, yeah, he has a tendency to be, be a yeller and screamer. I haven't seen that yet from Drew Bannister. So he does appear to be more calculated. And I can imagine if you're a Blues player and things are going bad and you've heard Craig Berube night after night behind the bench, not yelling at you necessarily, but at the officials, it probably became somewhat of a stressful situation for the players. And so not that I would ever defend the firing of Craig Berube. The fact of the matter is they couldn't trade 15 players. Craig Berube is going to go somewhere and he's going to win, and he's going to win big. But Doug Armstrong saw it. 
that his team needed to change, and he recognized the personality of Drew Bannister and said, okay, mm-hmm. this is what this particular group of players needs at this particular time. Well, it was easy to tell from the season, right, that whatever message that Craig Bruby had was not fully resonating with all the players. Now, I think a lot of the veteran guys, like a Braden Shin, is somebody who really rallies around him. And then you had Robert Bortuzzo before he was traded, another guy who would really rally around him. But it does really, when you hear that, it really points to what we've talked about a lot, where you're seeing this kind of generational shift with players and what they prefer coaching-wise. That's what it feels like, right? And yes, and if if he's going to tell you something, he's going to back it up with video. I took a lot out of that because Mm. I know the Blues video staff is great, and I'm sure Barubi was great with the video. But Here's the thing. Drew Bannister says, okay, here's what I want you to do. Here's why. And this is how it manifests itself on the ice on video. I think that's a, a an approach you have to take now if you're a coach. Yeah. And look, I hate it. Craig Bruby was a fantastic coach here in St. Louis. And as you mentioned, Randy, wherever he goes, he will continue to win. And I think that he his whole premise, even though maybe it was a harder coaching style that younger players didn't resonate with, the whole premise was to make you better. So Mm -hmm. some players understand that, some don't. And maybe that's where the shift is, where that message was not getting through to a certain group anymore. And that does happen. And you do have to look out for the full team aspect. But I do hate seeing Craig Bruby leave. That's that's always going to be hard for me. Me too. And the only young player, when he took over that team that was ready to win a Stanley Cup, the only young player that he had that he played was Robert Thomas. Fabry was around, but he didn't play Fabry that much. Mm Uh, the other guys, Pareko was young, but he was ready. Yes. That team was ready, and they were veteran-laden. And this team, obviously, is not veteran-laden, and maybe maybe Bruby does need, and we talked about this, more of a, a veteran team that yes. understands more of his old-school approach. Yes, and you do have to get the most out of these younger players right now, yeah. because that's what's happening. Yep. The Blues and the Avalanche pregame tonight at 6 here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, it is... Our last show of the year. And coming up, we've already given given you our team of the year and our athlete of the year. Next up, our St. Louis story of the year on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. wind up with playoffs in hockey or baseball, we did have a lot of great stories that came out of 2023, both on an individual level and on a a team level. And Brooke, I think if we we look around, I mean, look at what's happening tonight, the conclusion of 2023 for the Mizzou football program. It's a wonderful story that uh, Eli Drinkwitz in his fourth season has led this renaissance of the Mizzou program that hasn't experienced this kind of success since Gary Pinkle was there. If we look at the first year of St. Louis City SC, who would have thought? But what a great story they wound up being, right? Mm -hmm. And I think legitimately we could have St. Louis City SC as the story of the year and everything that surrounded it. The great crowds, the stadium, the ownership, the playoff run, finishing first in the Western Conference. Everything about St. Louis City SC was a great story. But we have our stories of the year here, and these can be plus or minus stories. So, Brooke, why don't you go with what you have number one on your list? Well, my story of the year is going to be back on September 18th, the Cardinals facing the Brewers after it felt like such a long time of Adam Wainwright trying and trying and trying to get to career win, 
number 200. He was finally able to accomplish it. And it was the way that he accomplished it, too, Randy. Seven scoreless against the Brewers. And it was Wilson Contreras, who was another big story of the season for the Cardinals, who was able to provide the lone run that they needed to be able to get the win and to help Wayno secure career win number 200. I know it wasn't a magical season for the Cardinals, but it felt like at that moment, the magic that you're used to seeing, the devil magic, if you will, mm-hmm. and it all paid off for that moment for Adam Wainwright to push through all the injuries, everything he battled through that entire year to be able to get that career win number 200. And this is Wayno after that moment. It was real good. It, it took me a little while to get there, but it made me savor it even more. You know, I, I just, uh, I'm so glad I got to do it here in front of our home crowd. So glad these fans were unbelievable for me tonight. There was times where, you know what, just being honest, I was tired out there and they got me through it. So um, just, man, what a night, what a night, you know. I was glad I got to deliver for the guys tonight. And before somebody starts sending me his ERA from this season, This season was not a good season at all. Adam Wainwright was far from the reason why the Cardinals struggled. Randy, we talked about it so much the entire Mm -hmm. year. There was a lot of things that went wrong that led to this 91-loss season. But in that moment, it was something that was so special for Adam Wainwright. Nearly 20-year career for him to be able to capture that 200th win, everything that he battled through. It was just such a special and magical moment. And then, Brooke, we subsequently find out that he pitched with a partially torn labrum all year long, mm-hmm. trying to help out the Cardinals and Cardinal fans in any way that he could. And then in his second to last start in Baltimore, he completely tears the capsule in his shoulder. And there's no way that a normal human being would have been able to pitch in that game where he won number 200. Not only did he pitch, he threw seven scoreless. He yes. Would, that, it, it is, you use the word magical. It was a magical performance. And I'm one of those people, I know there will, again, be people that will text in and say, well, if he was hurt, there's no way he should have been pitching. I'm one of those people that really appreciates players that want to win and are going to go to every length to compete so that my team can win. And that's what Adam Wainwright did. That's what you want in your clubhouse. That is part of a championship team is to have somebody like that. And he has been a part of that. And the everything that he's done for the Cardinals organization, we also worked with him with Big League Impact. Mm-hmm. He has done so much for this community, so it was exciting to see it just work out in that way. All due respect to a guy like Ryan Helsley, who has had his health issues as well. But I would love to have a guy like Ryan Helsley take on the personality, the competitive personality of Adam Wainwright. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, Randy, you've been around so many different championships with the Cardinals, with other teams, with the St. Louis Rams when they're here. Those guys are what you want in that room. They have that certain mentality, and it's those guys who help lead an organization for a long time like Adam Wainwright Mm -hmm. did. You take a personality like that a million times over. That's a great story. Great call. My story of the year, we said this could go plus or minus, the head coach of the first Stanley Cup champion in the first 52 years of the Blues, Craig Berube, gets off to a bad start and is fired. And it's not something that Doug Armstrong wanted to do, but he had to do it because of the way the team was performing. And whenever you fire a championship coach or manager, that's a big, big story. And mm-hmm. for me, as big as Mizzou has been, and it's been a wonderful story, and as big as St. Louis City SC was, I'm going to go with Berube getting fired because I did not see that coming. I think he could have made a case for Mizzou being really good. Maybe not Cotton Bowl good, but you could have mm-hmm. made a case for them being really good. Lutz didn't expect for City SC to be as good as they were. He, he didn't 
he'd tell us he, he expected it, but ultimately they built a really good team and did something unprecedented. But in terms of just one story that we covered this year, Barubi getting fired to me was the, the biggest story of the year here in St. Louis. I, I 100% could see that because you can go either way with the story of the year. It could be good. It could be mm-hmm. bad. And with the whole way that it played out with Craig Bruby, the fact that we were talking about it during the break, it happened so late at night. And you felt like while it was unexpected, it felt like it was kind of coming to this point mm-hmm. because for whatever reason, the message was not translating on the ice for the Blues and it felt like things were coming towards an end. But it still stings when you have Bruby the head coach that was able to bring a Stanley Cup here to St. Louis get fired in that way. You just hate to see that every single time. Right. And by the way, we shouldn't dismiss the success of the basketball program at Mizzou either. They had a great stretch run and wound up in the NCAA tournament. Matthew? Yeah, if Gates had had the start to this season that he had last year and it was the cal- you had the whole calendar year, Gates might be up there. But for me, I think you just have to talk about the, the continuation of, of the story of Carolyn, uh, Carolyn Kindle and, and what she mm-hmm. started here. And then you have the, you have the, you have the inaugural game. You have the, the five-game winning streak to set the record. You have the sellout streak, which was incredible. Then you have the playoff games. Obviously, it doesn't go the way you wanted. But the fact that Carolyn Kindle start, had this idea and, and they got together with, with, with all the, you know, the, the moneyed families in St. Louis and they put it together and they said, here's our expansion fee. We don't need a vote from the city. We're just going to do this whole thing. And then they hit the ground running and they had that much success the entire year. I think it's city, but I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna center it more around what Carolyn Kindle was able to do with her vision. And also at the same time, by by like June, we'd all gotten over it and we're like, yeah, we're wearing pink. Okay. Yeah, right. Like we completely yeah. just like, just like just ignored the part. Fine. It's city red. Fine. But she got her pink in and that worked. And that she, she, everyone's wearing pink now and, and the city loves it. And that's really what I think Carolyn Kindle wanted. It, everything that she put in. Randy, I think you were around when Carolyn was at the very beginning stages of putting this together, the idea. And remember, her, 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 she had to go... Her, uh, at, uh, Matthew Sticky Boys Club. Yeah, yeah. And, but also going over to to speak to the aldermen. Oh, yeah. Were you around for those conversations? I was the not in that, there but that day, but that was Dan. Yeah. Yeah, Danny Mac. Yeah, and the fact that she was over there and the way that she was willing to answer all the questions and really campaign, she cares so much about revitalizing downtown, and she's worked so hard on that and bringing soccer here to St. Louis. I mean, it's been such a great experience, and I know that was my team of the year yes, uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and so I agree with you. That is one of the biggest stories, and I'm excited to see them continue to grow. And I'm glad that we were able to come up with these 1B stories and uh, story number two and backups and things like that. The true. 1A sports story of 2023 in St. Louis is Brooke Grimsley joining 101 ESPN oh, in the no, opening Oh, no, that's uh, the bigger yeah. story. No, no. That's, no, no. that's, that's, uh, that's where it's all. Like in, in, the, in, in about the same month, you had... <laughs> Not the air yeah. horn. Yeah, in, about the, yeah. <laughs> in about the same month, you had uh, Mizzou's NCAA tournament run, well, obviously cut short, but still the mm-hmm. fact that they got there was pretty impressive. You had City's first ever game, but again, between those two moments... Brooke Grimsley started on the opening <laughs> drive, and that's what we need to be talking about. 100%. Oh no! Yeah, no, we don't have to talk about that. But yes, oh, I'm so, I'm do. so excited to. Jo- <laughs> no, you guys are the big deal, and I'm I'm so grateful. This has been one of the greatest years that I've had, and probably oh, I would say a while. Um, this was a huge moment coming over here and joining Randy. You were a huge part of it. As soon as I saw that there was an opportunity, I called you immediately, and I was like, "Hey, I'm hearing through the grapevine <laughs> that there might be a job opportunity. I would love to come work with you because as soon as I came here to St. Louis, just watching how you go about your business, one listening to you, but how you go about your business, I gravitated towards you." 
and I've learned so much from you over the years, and now even more so being on the show with you. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. We're having a great time. Right, if there's anybody in the studio who has many leather-bound books and whose office smells of rich mahogany, it's Brooke Grimsley. Oh, there's no oh doubt. yes. No doubt in my mind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice like, cigar. You know the library in The Beauty and the Beast? I imagine you have a room like that in your house Oh, somewhere. of course. Uh, it's, it's also doubles our, as our cigar room, so, <laughs> you know, have that's, one of those this weekend. That's our 2023 story of the year. Coming up, we're going to head down to Arlington and find out if Howard Richards is indeed awake for our show. He's going to be doing Mizzou and Ohio State tonight. He wondered if, uh, he said, do you really expect me to get up after a night out with my former teammates? We're going to find out if he's awake next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Mizzou playing in their biggest bowl game in years. Brooke Grimsley, Randy Carricker with you in St. Louis, and we head down to Dallas where former Mizzou offensive lineman and current Mizzou radio analyst with Mike Kelly, Howard Richards, joins us on the opening drive. Howard, good morning, and thanks for waking up for us this morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Randy. How are you? I'm doing well. First of all, I want you to tell us about last night with your former teammates at Mizzou and as you prepare for this game tonight. What was last night like in Dallas? Well, last night was fun. Um, there were a number of guys in town. Didn't see everybody, but uh, the Eric Wright, Kurt Peterson, uh, were guys, Lamont Downer, that huddled up with us here at the hotel. Uh, and don't really get to see those guys that often. I probably see Eric more than uh, than the rest. But it was just a lot of fun uh, to reconnect and um, tell stories and laugh and have a few adult beverages together. Uh, seems like old times. That sounds like a nice night. Well, we were having this discussion earlier, and Randy has a very strong opinion on this, but I want to get yours. What do you feel about with the Block M for the helmet that they're going with for the game today? <laughs> Are you serious? Is this even a, is, is this even a question? Mm-hmm. Okay, he I wore the Block you. M. Let's, let's preface this. You wore the Block I mean, M. Okay, Ra- Randy's not. Randy's not on the side of it. Well, well, what does Randy know? <laughs> so here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. And if 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 I'm being completely honest here, there was a logo that the university used. It was never used for football, but it was used on letterhead um, across the university especially during the time that I was being recruited and for some time afterwards, okay? It was a version of the Block M with like a fighting tiger exploding out of that M. That is my personal favorite. It has come back. You can still see it uh, at places like Rally House on some of their apparel. Um, but it, So if I were choosing a logo, that's the only thing you'd see. But I do love the Block M because I wore it. And the version of the Block M that you see now and you will see tonight on the helmets began in 1978 under, under, under Warm Powers. Uh, prior to then, in 77, my freshman year, we wore the smaller uh, M that Pete Woods, Leo Lewis, those guys wore in 76 uh, when he beat Ohio State up at the shoot. Uh, but the larger version that you're going to see tonight is the one that began in 1978 under Powers. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the game against Ohio State. And Ohio State has some guys that have opted out or, or transferred out, but they still have a bunch of three and four and five star guys on their team. Uh, and Missouri has their team, except obviously for people like Rakestraw and, uh, and Hopper who are hurt. What do you think of this game, Howard? 
you know, from what I can tell, these players are locked in. The Missouri players are. Uh, this bowl game means a lot to uh, the program. It means a lot to Missouri fans. Uh, who have, I, I think, looked and witnessed that a football program that has underachieved, uh, especially since Gary Pinkle um, uh, left coaching. Uh, lots of high hopes, but no, not quite gotten there. I think uh, the best season the Tigers had was probably um, 2017 or 18 when Missouri played in the Texas Bowl against Texas when Drew Locke was quarterbacking. Mm-hmm. But since then, won eight games, and they probably should have won that bowl game, two and a four, nine game total total uh, wins uh, for that season. Since then, um, as I said, I think we've we've underachieved, or the team has underachieved. This year has been so special to watch this group of of players, and I'm I'm happy for Drink and what he has built thus far. Uh, I, we kind of feel like we were talking last night or during our show. Feel like this. Uh, is the beginning of, of something special for Missouri football. We feel like this can be sustained, you know, with the direction that NIL and the transfer portal, uh, because I think with the portal, you can sort of, quote, unquote, rebuild your program much more quickly than you can by only signing uh, freshman players. He really has utilized the portal well and has recruited well, which I think is what all has led to this point. We were talking about this earlier. As we know, the playoffs will expand next season. What do you think the expectation should be for Mizzou next year? (laughs) With the recruiting classes and the fact that younger players are playing much earlier and the fact that you're getting guys from the portal to come in and have an immediate impact uh, we saw w- what the impact of portal guys were um, from this season, from where they ended last year and the guys that came in and contributed, along with the development of players like Luther Burden, of course, and, and Brady Cook. Uh, but you saw the contributions of Theo Weeks, uh, Teron Hopper, um, Christian Williams, um, Jaden Jernigan. Those guys have made an immediate impact in the two years that they've been here. And I think this is what the expectation is. I think fans are looking at next year's schedule. Um, not my prediction, but this is the chatter that I've heard the last few days. You know, people are looking at another 10-win season, mm-hmm. if not more. Yeah, I, I'm among that group. Uh, HS, we look for tonight's game, and here we are in a New Year's Six and we think about stories. You are a guy that was a prolific college football player, a first-round draft choice in the NFL. What do you think of when you see a guy that came out of a Division two school, led the SEC in rushing, and now is playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game? What's it like for a football player to watch what Cody Schrader is doing? Uh, oh, the Schrader? It's amazing. <laughs> but, but here's what I have always said because of what I have witnessed over the years. If you can play this game, someone will find you. (laughs) And that is the story of Cody Schrader. All it takes is one team, one coach, one program to believe in you. Um, I can't recall the name of the guy that referred Schrader to drink, but uh, I think a lot of people are happy that they had that conversation. Uh, because he has been nothing short of spectacular. And it's really, you know, he's a talented guy, but his work ethic, his attitude is exactly what you want 
uh, not only in a player that's going to walk onto your program, because you know, you know, those guys are hungrier. Um, but, you know, that is infectious. It spreads throughout your program. Uh, it shows him as a, a six-year experienced guy what it takes to get your opportunity. And when you get that opportunity, what you have to do to sustain it in order to not just get on the field, but stay on the field. He is taking complete advantage of his opportunity at Mizzou. He really has. He's been one of the best stories this season. And, Halbert, I wanted to ask you, there's been so many great moments this year for Mizzou football. What was your favorite moment? It could be a game. It could be a moment like 4th and 17 or the fake punt. But what was your favorite moment? I would say probably uh, among those, which there are probably a number of favorites, obviously the the, the walk-off field goal against Kansas State. I, I think that was a signature moment for this team. Uh, that really gave these players the confidence to say, we can play with anyone. I don't care who's on the schedule. We can play for four quarters. We have an opportunity to win the game. When it counts, we can do so, which they couldn't do last year. They couldn't finish. They've learned to finish this season. But I think games, an important game um, in St. Louis at the Dome against Memphis, Uh, a, a good Memphis team that a lot of people weren't giving credit for, uh, that team, you know, has I think they've done reasonably well this season, and it's turned out to be a much better opponent than people gave him credit for. You know, the Florida game, getting over the Kentucky jinx, those were big games. And even in a loss against Georgia and a loss against LSU, Mizzou was right there in those games, if not for a few self-destructive uh, mistakes. Missouri would be 12-0 and this season. Wow. It is amazing to, to put it in that perspective. Howard, a couple more things. Number one, I know that when you're doing a broadcast, you're watching the offensive line play. And it, it, one of the reasons that Missouri hasn't been what they were under Gary Pinkle is because of a failure to build great offensive line play on a consistent basis. What do you think of what goes into tonight's game in terms of what the Tigers will bring against Ohio State on the offensive line against their defensive line, a very talented one? I certainly believe that um, with the way this unit has, I think, rallied and improved every week. You had two brand-new starters on the right side with Cameron Johnson, who transferred in uh, with you know, from Houston with Brandon Jones, uh, the offensive line coach, uh, and along with Armand Mimbo, who we knew was going to be a good player. As a freshman last year, he started four games uh, and has been a model of consistency. Uh, even though this team was pretty much a left-handed running team, uh, running behind Javon Foster, the left tackle, who's all SEC left tackle, mm-hmm. and Xavier Delgado on, uh, at left guard, um, they have, I think, gelled. And, and let's give Connor Tolleson credit. Um, of late, you know, he has sort of eliminated some of those mental mistakes, the early snaps, but he's played much better in his second season as a starter. Uh, so I think big things are, are expected from him beyond this season. And he's the leader. You're, you're the center. You're the guy that's making all the calls. So the expectations are great for him. He's still going to improve as well because you're playing against some hard-nosed, big, strong defensive tackles and nose guards. You're in the middle of all the attention. Plus, you got to make all the calls, the line calls. So you got to know exactly what the hell you're doing in that position. They have gelled as a unit. Uh, pretty proud of the way that they have been able to 
run the football, you know, create space and daylight for Cody Schrader to do what he does best. All right, final thing for Howard Richards. You are, at least from my observation, pretty even keel guy. You don't get too excited, but you obviously have an emotional investment in this program because you played for it. You, you like the Block M. I can tell you have an emotional investment. So when you are getting ready for a game like tonight, do you get goosebumps? Do you get super excited, maybe hyperventilate a little bit? Get Your eyes get misty ever? <laughs> uh, of course. Of course, I don't hyperventilate, but I do get excited about these opportunities. You know, it's interesting. I don't go to the field very often before the game. I will be on the field tonight because uh, Frank and I are going to do a hit at uh, 520. Um, but when I when I do walk the field before game and I, and I see guys that are dressed up, I feel like, you know, somebody has misplaced my helmet and shoulder pads. I need to go and grab them, you know, and, and if it's a grass field, I can smell the grass. And it just reminds me of, of my time playing at Mizzou. And I get, I do get as emotionally charged as I think the players do. I don't think it ever leaves your system. So if, if these guys feel the same way I do, uh, then that is an exciting thing. They are as into this game as I am. It will be a very exciting game tonight. And also thank you, Howard, for helping me convince Randy that the Block M is the best logo. <laughs> I have not been convinced yet. Oh, come on. I like that. I now, like I will, that. I will say this. I will, I will, let me add this now. Now, it, it evolved from the white Block M at 78 to a gold Block M. I actually love the gold Block M as well. Uh, I think it, it matches up perfectly with what they do. But I'm happy with the white block in the original, uh, uh, which is what I think. Mm. I'm not sure if it's going to be the white one or the gold one tonight. H, it's a gold one. I'm all uh, I'm on board with the, the white one. Here's the thing. If Missouri uh, Missouri caps look just like Michigan caps with the block M, that's what bothers me is that I think we're we're taking a backseat to Michigan. When you see that oval tiger, everybody knows that's Mizzou. That's what Gary Pinkle wanted. He we wanted to be known as not Missouri but Mizzou, and I think that's what the to me the oval tiger shows. I, I I look at I see a lot of times, especially as a colorblind guy, I see a guy. A, a, I see a Mizzou cap with the block M. I see a Michigan cap with, uh, with the block M. Might as well be the same thing. I don't want to defer to Michigan. Hey, let me settle this right now, Randy. What is the logo on Mizzou's helmets tonight? What will you see? Oh, it's it's the block M. Yeah. And what does Michigan wear on their helmets? Uh, they wear Thank their Wolverines. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Howard. That's, Thank that's, you. That's the Michigan brand. That's the Michigan brand. That Wolverine on their helmet. That's the only thing that Michigan football is identified with, or should be. Well, there's, you, that's true. The yeah, except I, I don't see Jim Harbaugh wearing stripes on his cap. So. <laughs> well, you know, they haven't, they haven't, it's the big thing. They haven't figured this stuff out yet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's always good to talk to you. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for the time this morning. Have a great time tonight. You and Mike will be on the Big 550 here in St. Louis at 7 o'clock, and we can't wait to hear it, and we can't wait for Mizzou to come away with a Cotton Bowl victory. Brooke, Randy, happy new year to you guys too. Thank you. Thank you, my man. See you. That is Howard Richards, one of the great Tigers, who still, even though he's a great Tiger, what did I say earlier? He's he's an older gentleman. Oh, Randy, but then you have two younger generations saying that we like that classic look. We like 
the the letter. I, I get. I also started giggling Matthew. when he said the gold too, yeah. because I knew that that was the other thing yeah. that irked you a little bit. Yeah, Matthew likes to when he signs his name does a block M, so I get it with him. <laughs> I don't get it with you. I just like the classic look. I think it looks great. It's clean. It's easy. It makes sense to me. I, it's amazing. To, did you even look at the caps that I sent you? They're identical. They're, mm. I I see it, Randy. I saw all of them, but still, I think I think Howard had a great point. I'm glad he was able to say that today. You didn't convince me. I could tell. <laughs> Randy, you're pretty hard to convince. I am. Coming up, uh, New Year's resolutions for our local sports folk. That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy Carricker here in the studio with my Michigan fan friends. Oh Good to my have gosh. you with us here no. on 101 ESPN. No, you can't just come back saying that, Randy. I just did. I know, but it may, <laughs> if somebody hasn't been listening, they'll be like, wait a minute, what? Rock and Brooke are Michigan fans? Uh-huh. No, I am a fan of the Connor Stallion saga, <laughs> but I am not a Michigan fan. We are just a fan of the classic Block M's. Uh, that Michigan features. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's classic. It's time for rock and roll. And oh, by the way, we still have uh, time for you to get your ESPN merch until Sunday after partnering with the St. Louis Shirt Company to offer a special 101 ESPN online merch store. We've got tons of stuff. Some of your favorite designs, including the Rivers and Brad Thompson jerseys, the Dunctionary t-shirt and more. Time running out. Make sure you order. Your 101 ESPN swag by Sunday, this Sunday, December 31st. Visit the 101 ESPN online merch store now at 101ESPN.com, powered by McBride Homes. Okay, resolutions for St. Louis teams or individuals for 2024. We can each give a couple, right? We can Mm -hmm. do that. Uh, I got one for Mo. Mo, get yourself a number one starter. Make that a resolution. That that was top of my list, too. Be resolute in finding yourself a front-of-the-rotation dude. Mm-hmm. Add another front end starter. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's 100%. That was top of mind resolution for them as well. Yeah. And my other resolution is for Blues fans. Recognize that Doug Armstrong knows more about hockey and building a hockey team than you do. Prove it. Oh. Hmm? Prove it. You said prove it. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a Blues one. And my New Year's resolution for the Blues will be to fix the power play. Guys, they have made some incremental at least steps forward here recently, mm-hmm. except for that game against the Dallas Stars. But they're still 31st in the league in power play percentage. Ouch. So that is my New Year's resolution for the Blues. I have two related to that. My first one is for the Blues. The New Year's resolution is uh, we will play Colton Pareko on a power play unit. Mm. Uh, the second resolution is for Colton Pareko, which is I'm a pretty high-paid defenseman. If I shatter somebody's ankle, I can just send him a nice gift. Yeah, shoot the puck. Like, like you're calling pregnant, you just got to think, shoot the puck. If I shatter somebody's ankles, I got 6.25 every year burning a hole in my pocket. I'll buy him something nice. My bad, guys. I was I was doing what I was supposed to do. Shoot the puck. Hey, here's the thing. Sorry, and Randy, if you, you do, do it more? once, if you do it once, then a lot of the other players will start to move out of the way because they know that it's coming. Agreed. I like that idea a lot. That's a good resolution. There you go. I think another resolution would be for, I'm going to put this for Mizzou basketball and SLU basketball, recruit more locally, retaining that local talent here. Because I think it's something that we've seen with both teams this season, where especially with Mizzou hoops, the transfer portal worked out for them last year. This year, it's kind of been hampering them. So recruiting more locally, they don't have anybody from St. Louis, right? Or the St. Louis area. No. And SLU, to their credit, does. But 
SLU needs to get a star. Mm-hmm. When you, you lose Yuri Collins, they didn't come into the season with anybody who I thought was capable of being a star, and they don't have one on their team now. I got the resolution for uh, for the for the Billikens. Uh, the resolution is um, we will find a way to pay a player who has not yet appeared in Billiken blue, which is the when when Yuri Collins might was going to make the jump. Mm. There was money when Gibson Jimerson, when everyone thought it was a fait accompli, like hey, you're going to go to a bigger program and just be their sharpshooter off the bench. You're going to do that. Gibson Jimerson still at St. Louis. There's money there, but it seems to be for guys who have already proven something in a Billikens jersey. You're going to have to change the mindset there. Go get somebody who hasn't played yet. And I want to give one to City SC because they've already started. Take the next step. And with the moves they've made during the offseason, yes. they're prepared to take the next step. And it's kind of unfair to say, okay, you didn't do enough in your first year when you won the Western Conference. But I think a lot of people, and I, I loved the journey, but I think a lot of people expected and hoped that they would do more at playoff time, well, they're building now a team that is prepared to not only succeed during the regular season, but to succeed once playoff time comes to. Yeah, City SC is on my nice list. They, they've done so much this year. I know that you didn't like to see that early exit, obviously, in the playoffs, but everything that they had going on this year, one of the most exciting stories, and seeing so many City SC fans everywhere. They've done such a good job of immersing themselves within the community and really growing, continuing to grow soccer here. And uh, we have a New Year's resolution as Dan McLaughlin joins the opening drive at the outset of 2024 to bring you more great sports talk radio throughout the course of the year. And we hope that everybody that's tuned in and everybody that isn't has a great 2024. And by the way, tell your friends that they should tune in. Yes, they should. And you can also take one of the New Year's traditions that I mentioned earlier. Randy, are you going to do at least one of them? Yeah, suitcases around the block. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to do the. I've got the grapes already. I'm going to just just do the grapes thing. <laughs> so you have to do it as soon as the clock hits midnight. Then okay. Within that minute, you're supposed to eat the grapes. Within a minute. I wonder if I could fit twelve in my mouth at once. I uh, I don't want you to choke, Randy. Okay. So maybe one at a time, just quickly. I have a resolution for the show. Yes. Never, ever, ever let Yoho die. Oh, Yoho's here for the duration. Yes. Never got it die. That's my resolution for this yeah, year. I know Danny Mac is, uh, he's not going to be on board with it for a while, but we'll we'll bring him aboard. We will. Yoho. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. No. Yes. It's, it's staying a, around it's for 2024. Thing. Yep. Uh, great job and a great year for our producer. And he became audio and video engineer, Matthew Rocchio. <laughs> it was a pleasure, Randy. Big part of 2023. <laughs> Two years down. Yeah. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> well done. One to go? You said a record, so you're yeah. to say yeah. one to go? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just thinking about, I think we had like, what, six producers before you in, yeah. in something like two years. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. Congratulations. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Brooke, was this fun? It was. Was it a fun year? Yes. And I can't wait to see you guys next week. And I'll say, oh, wow, I haven't seen you guys since last year. Yeah, right. That'll be fun. <laughs> we want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? Uh, we've got like a producer show coming up. Uh, Matthew is here. I see Jackson Burkett out in the hallway. Bradford Bruns is oh, around. They're, they're just lurking out in the yeah, hallway. They are. They're oh, there's to Andrew go. Marsh. So it's going to be fun. And uh, we look forward to hearing from them. We thank you very much for being a part of our show during 2023, for tuning in and texting in and participating as much as you do. And we look forward to much more fun and frivolity in 2024. For all of us, Until 2024, have a happy new year, St. Louis. And now for something completely different. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.